Hey! This is JJ and Alex. I made a name for myself, I told you I won't be denied. As you wrap up your day, it's time to get your fix of the teams you live for and the sports you love. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Everybody, welcome on in. Happy Thursday to you. Happy NBA trade deadline, everybody. Boy, it's like the longest 24 hours in the history of mankind, right? Am I the only one that feels that way, JJ? I mean, we we were waiting around for so many things to happen. Some stuff happened. We get the emails from the Jazz that be, make it official, right? When you see yeah. the Jazz acquire rights to fill in the blank. It was a big day today. What did Locke say yesterday on our show? Be two two to three deals. Yep. What did we see today? Two Officially, or, we saw two or th- we saw a total of three Jazz players moved. So he was right. He was right on. Gonna miss Kelly Olynyk. And it wasn't Jordan Clarkson. It wasn't Lowry Markin. It Excuse wasn't you? Colin Sexton. Excuse you. <laughs> what were the other ones that people whiffed on? People. One singular whiff that was heard around the world. I think I just got them all. That was all of them? Yeah. Lowry, the biggest one was Lowry, no, gone. Uh, who was it? Colin Sexton, gone. Danny Ainge, gone. Like, just Danny get everybody. Ainge. Just throw everybody Danny in Ainge there. Danny Ainge traded himself. No. So today. Danny Ainge moved himself back to Boston for the first <laughs> round pick. The, you know what? Trade deadline day should be a national holiday. It really should. Because none of us got anything done. No. Because we're, we were glued to our phones. Yes. We're not, we're not working. We're sitting around waiting, sitting around waiting. We get uh, we get kind of sniffs of some stuff, and then what, what was the word that was used yesterday? Framework. We uh-huh. saw framework yeah. on a Lots lot of, of things. And I'm just glad at the end of everything, I don't know how these rumors get started, but the – and whoever puts out the, the – you know, all of the information, right? You, it's like an agent – uh, a team, maybe a GM, an assistant GM. They they float information for all sorts of reasons, right? Yes. And I think that they floated the idea of Kelly Olynyk and Ochai, and Ochai Abaji and a first round pick going to the Raptors for for Bruce Brown, right? Yesterday. Yeah. Isn't that what we were talking about? And then today, when it's when we were all going, what on earth is that deal? That doesn't make sense. And then this one today didn't still didn't make much sense to me, but it felt better. Then I'll, that I'll one. I'll break it down here in a second. No, okay. We've got a lot. I need to feel better about the way things are with this Jazz team right now. I have a hard time catching the vision. I have a hard time breaking down exactly what the best move was or is. But man, it's not just the Jazz, but former Jazz men. Lots of names you're familiar with making moves around the league, and some of those moves are going to be absolutely impactful for teams who want to be in the NBA Finals and make a run at the championship this year. And some of them are going to be able to do it, I think. Let's kick things off as we always do. Our show is brought to you by G2G Bars, all natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar is perfect for anybody who uh, needs that quick, tasty, nutritious boost like our show does. Christian hitting the buttons today across the glass. Appreciate uh, Christian Esparza hooking it up and getting it done today. Nice day for you to uh, come in and uh, fill in, Christian. It's quite the... uh, it's quite busy, so here we are. It should should be a holiday. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no days off. Give give us give us uh, the beginning of the show here. Let's kick it off. We've got the cut. Let's get to it. It's time for the biggest story of the day. 
This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So as we, of course, already knew, Simone Fontecchio uh, out the door and the Jazz get some rights in return. Let me just talk about the, the subtraction and hopefully the addition part will make sense. Simone Fontecchio, gone. Uh, Ochai Abaji, gone. Kelly Olenek, KO, the lunch lady, gone. That's, to me, obviously that's the biggest one. He brought a lot of value yeah. to this Jazz team. But, you know, you you see some writing on the wall, but help me understand the subtraction of those three players and where this Jazz team will be now because Simone Fontecchio, lots of starts. Kelly Olenek came off the bench and was a huge part of what Will Hardy was doing. Ocha Abaji, I think a lot of people saw and they went, that development, that development wasn't coming along like we thought it was. And so it's not necessarily crazy to see him gone. But with those guys gone, your initial thoughts off, off of everything. All right, let's start with the Fontecchio trade. Okay. So what was Simone Fontecchio's contract situation? He uh, was going to become a restricted free agent in the offseason. Now, great story. The Jazz pluck him out of Europe. Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck bring him over here. It took a while, but he finally worked his way first into the rotation and then into the starting lineup. And I think he proved to teams around the league that he can play in this league. He gave the Jazz some great minutes, some great moments. And I think the rest of the league saw that he was capable of being either a starter or a rotation player. And I think the Detroit Pistons saw that. And they need players like Simone Fontecchio because that's a team that's loaded with young players that don't know how to be pros, don't know how to win. And Simone can help them along the way. Uh, He provides that. What the Detroit Pistons had that the Jazz wanted was a high second-round pick. Now, the Jazz are in a mode where they're trying to get the most assets they can. And I think they made the decision that Simone Fontecchio was not in their future plans. They were not going to offer him extension. And if a team offered him a contract in the offseason, they were not going to match it as a restricted free agent. And he was going to leave anyway. So, again, an expiring contract. They move it. They get assets in return. Now, Kevin Knox, can he still play? I don't know. No, I It hasn't worked out. Right. Probably not. But so what? You take a flyer on him, you bring him in, it makes the money work. Okay. Okay. But you, what you really want there is the early second round pick. Is that really worth it? I mean, I'm the guy that yes. I guess I've, I've, I have. Would you rather just let Simone go in the offseason for nothing? No, but I do think that he would be better than a second round pick. And I don't think that the contract extension would have been. I mean, what are we talking about with, with Simone? Are we talking about that they're already into the into the teens or low twenties or what they'd have to pay him per year? Well, do you want? Why would you want to commit long term to Simone Fontecchio when you've got? I just and this know, is, I'll get I, to, I go from the David point, Locke a, school of, of thought, which is like second round picks, they're worth nothing. Like yeah. I don't know. I I'm just I'm that guy. I so think. there's a, there's a key point here. I'm getting to the next deal. So Olenek and Ochayabaji. Okay, Kelly Olenek again, expiring contract. Sure, you weren't going to re-sign him. You weren't going to extend him. That decision was made. So you need to get value for him when you can. If you let him go, if you, you get, go to the end of the, the offseason, he walks as a free agent. Now you get some value. What are you getting? You got a first-round pick. Yeah. Now, look, is it going to be mid-round, early? No. It's, it's going to be, be a high It's going to be a high first round. Probably yeah. the Thunder or the Clippers pick. I don't know how that's all going to work out. Sure. I, I'm not going to bore you on the radio with all the details of that. But probably, I think that the, it, probably somewhere between 26 and 30 right, that was in this the, year's draft. That's exactly right. Okay. Now, they made a decision on Ochai Obaji, and this is where Jazz fans can be upset. Maybe you loved Ochai. They made a decision that his his development wasn't – obviously, they made a decision that 
he wasn't going to be a good fit. Plus, they had to find a way to jar loose that first-round pick. And I think that the Raptors wanted that back in return. So the Raptors get a young player they want. They get Kelly Olynyk, who's Canadian, who's going to help them sell tickets. They're happy, right? That's a team that's going to lose a lot of – that's not good. They're not going to the playoffs. So the Jazz get another pick, okay? So that's two picks in this draft. Now remember, the Jazz pick is most likely, unless they bottom out here, going to convey to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Sure. So Danny Age and Justin Zanuck wanted to be in this draft in some form, some way. So now they are. They got the early second, and they got the late first. So they're back in this draft with two picks. So they acquired two picks at the deadline for expiring players, players that were not part of their future, and here's the last part that I, you asked me, why did they do this? It was the picks, number one, to get in the draft. And the other part of this is they've got some young players that they drafted they want to take a closer look at. Taylor Hendricks. Taylor Hendricks, we're waiting to see what he's going to look like. Needs to get some minutes. Bryce Sensabaugh mm-hmm. needs to get some minutes. Keontae George needs more minutes. You move Ochai, you move Walker Kessler. Or sorry, not Walker Kessler, sorry. sorry. Excuse Kelly Olenek. Excuse you, move, you. you. Sorry, let me back up. Breaking you news. move Kelly Olenek <laughs> to give more minutes to Walker Kessler. <laughs> sorry, don't make anybody to panic. Christian, Walker Kessler was about to by the way, scrambling for that breaking news We're about news to hear from Walker Kessler the next segment. That's why it's on my mind. I'm so sorry I just gave Jazz Nation a heart attack. Walker Kessler is still a member He's of the Utah Jazz. He's still a member of the Utah Jazz. You move Kelly Olenek because you want to get Walker Kessler back in the starting lineup where he belongs. And Ochai Abaji also provides more minutes on the wings for these guys. So the Jazz accomplished those things today. They, they moved expiring contracts and got value for them. They get the picks as they're back in the first round, even if that pick conveys to the Thunder. And they provide more opportunities and more minutes for the young players. Let's see how they develop here in the second half of the season. All right. So Does that I- help you feel better at all? Uh, no, because you're, there was a lot of expl- explanation about how. Well, one, we've already known that this draft is not going to be particularly no. star-studded, right? No. no, but they wouldn't also. But they also don't have a lottery pick. I mean, so I mean, they're not going to be a lottery team. And like you said, you're going to see more likely. Yeah, even if, if they'd have to go, like they have to tank out here to get in the top ten. And is it worth it? They want to get that pick off the books. Because they owe the Thunder something, right? So just convey it this year. They're gonna have to get. They're gonna have to give them something. Go and get. If it, go get and the if play it's the in, lowest, Try to make the playoffs. If it's the lowest number possible, which they're yes. kind of at right now, right? Then that works even better. It's yes. like it, it's protected one through ten, and so they, if they give them that, but like you said, they have to give them that pick at some point. Let's not. Let's not. You know, beat around the bush here. Don't and yeah, it. Just get a twenty seventh pick in this year's draft. What does that mean? I don't know, but. Does Danny Ainge have in his back pocket guys who he goes, that's our dude, and he's circling him on that, and he's got three or four of them, right? We know how we know that Danny Ainge knows how to draft, right? And so I don't, I don't really look at the late first round and some of the early second round picks or whatever might come over. I always just kind of hedge my bets on that because I go, I don't know what those guys are going to turn out because numbers wise, it just, it's honestly as soon as you start get past fifteen. It just is. It just is like progressively worse and worse and worse numbers wise of actually who works out in the league. And don't give me the oh Nikola Jokic was a second rounder. I don't. It just is. It doesn't happen right that often. So I guess the good news is this: who stays with the Utah Jazz? And names that were thrown out there quite a bit. Jordan Clarkson, yeah. he stays. Uh, you don't see some crazy big move. You know we were we were holding on to this uh, Walker Kessler interview because. It would have been really weird. We played that, and then suddenly he's not a member of the Utah Jazz today, yeah. you know, a day after we play an interview. So I, I didn't see his name come up, but you never know, right? No, you never know. But in the end, 
Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck, I tr- look, look, do I I don't understand the moves? That's probably better. I'm glad that I don't understand. Nothing I said makes sense. No. None of it did. Well, no, it's not that it didn't make sense. What it is is it just feels like, I don't know. Did the Jazz get worse today? I think in the short term, yes. How just, so? Just because I think a guy like Simone Fontecchio and a guy like Kelly Olynyk, they bring immediate, they bring something immediate to the team. And I don't. And I love. Look, Taylor Hendricks was going to have to come in and play. Uh, more than likely a ton next year, right? To start, they got to start developing the number nine overall pick from last year's draft. They have to do it. They got to start getting Bryce Sensabaugh worked into this thing. Yeah, they already have Keontae George, who's been, uh, I think, ahead of schedule. Right? That's great. But they have to figure out Taylor Hendricks. Why not now? Right? Obviously, I, I I'm okay with it now versus trying to roll him out and and start getting him a bunch of minutes next fall. So, I'm okay with that move. The long-term thing, I look and I go, they're probably going to lose more games than they probably would have won because of Kelly Olenek being gone, Simone Fontecchio being gone, not necessarily Ochai Abaji, but they don't have guys. I, I don't think they added a bunch of guys who suddenly will also fill in a role and just be, you know, help get Ws. Kelly Olenek helped get wins this year. Simone Fontecchio helped get wins. Yeah. And I think for the short term, which again, which is where we're living right now, because I that's I have a hard time seeing past anything right in front of my face, and so it's hard because in the short term I think they're going to lose more games, but I don't think that it's going to be abysmal. So, and I know that overall there's a plan. Hey, hey, listen. trust the process, right? Is that where you? Uh, is that where you've been? Or didn't you get those T-shirts made? No, but nobody, no fan <laughs> wants to hear trust the process ever again in the history of basketball. I don't know. It's working out for him now. If you let some, if you didn't make a move at the deadline with Simone Fontecchio and Kelly Olynyk. Those guys walk for nothing. Got it. You don't get the draft I know. picks. I know. They got them. It's, it's a fine. Bit, we talk about the business. This was an this was an awesome business move by the Jazz. They knew that these guys weren't a part of their future. They moved them while they had value at the trade deadline so they could get the picks that, do, that give them something moving forward. I think the Jazz did a great job at the deadline. I think this is what they had to do. I don't think they were ever going to make a big splash, and we talked about it yesterday with, with Locke. Word around the league was there was not going to be big trades. The biggest trade that happened – Happened a month ago. Pascal Siakam. Yeah. That was the biggest deal at the deadline. And that was a month before the deadline. I mean, the biggest deal today was what? Gordon Hayward going to the Thunder? Hey. I mean, what is the biggest deal? Maybe it's, uh, I think it was maybe the Pistons deal. Did I get you? Sending uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec hey, Burks to the Knicks for can you believe? Quentin Grimes and uh, Evan Fournier's contract. Do, can you believe how good the Knicks just got today? I think it was a great move. It's a real bummer because... Whenever we see guys that were tied to the Utah Jazz. By the way, if all the guys that were tied into trades that happened today that were of any significance, they're all Royce O'Neal to the Suns, right? Yeah, he's going to the Suns. Um, Bogey and Alec Burks going to, uh, going to the Knicks. Gordon Hayward going to the division rival Thunder. Hey, we get to see him more often. He's been in the East for so long now, JJ, that I'm like, hey, we get to see him. He's a he's a division mate now. Uh-huh. This much close. This the much Jazz closer. have already played the Thunder three times this year. Come on though. Next and you year. Know, you know you're not gonna see Gordon in that fourth game. No way he plays. No, he's still hurt. Forever. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Gail Miller, though, I show up to every one of those games with bells on that Gordon Hayward ever plays again in the uh, in the Delta Center. All right. Here's the deal. It's a lot to handle, and in the short term. They're needed from a business perspective. I think all the things that happened today, 
the guys you wanted to 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 keep in jazz uniforms ultimately are the guys that stayed in the in jazz uniforms. I think the biggest one that people were worried about was Jordan Clarkson, obviously. Um, Kelly Olenek, we kind of basically walked out of the building before anything happened yesterday. And, you know, guys like Simone Fontecchio, they out they outperform their value, and so then they become more valuable to the yeah. Jazz. And obviously that's a move you have to make from a business uh, perspective. So I don't know what the rest of the year looks like. So now, knowing what we know today, where did the Jazz finish? Because I think we all kind of had them in that 10-9 kind of spot. Um, but the reality is, is what are Danny Ainge's goals? What are Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge's goals? They don't just want to make the playoffs. They want to win playoff series. Yeah. And the team, as it was before yesterday, was not that team. The team that is today on the books for the Jazz, also probably not that team. But we're looking for a long-term situation. So what? where did the Jazz end up? Because I think we kind of had them in that 9-10 spot. Do they drop below there? Do they become the number – 12 team in the in the in the west do they still stay ahead of the lakers <laughs> the rest of the way how do you picture this team finishing off things in 2024 so i'll start behind them right now they're a game ahead of the golden state warriors the warriors did nothing at the deadline uh that's th- weird right uh yeah kind of kind of weird and they can't add any they're, they're because of their cap situation they, they just can't are, add anybody nope in the like, you know, if there was somebody cut or wave, they can't add those guys either. So they have to stay put. They are who they are, and they're kind of a mess. Uh, I don't think the Warriors um, have the energy to make make it into that that play in situation. I think they're going to fade the Rockets. That's kind of a wild card. That's a team that could catch the Jazz and move them out of that spot. So right now, it's between the Warriors and Rockets knocking the Jazz out of the top ten. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Jazz will maintain this five hundred record and. They'll probably be 10th. I would say the Jazz end up 9th or 10th. I'm not sure they can catch 7th or 8th. And obviously, the 6th spot, that's too much to ask. What They're 4.5 out. Oh, they four the and Pelicans half? are the uh, number 16. They're 30 and 21 right now. The, the odds of, of making up, you know, 5 or 6 games. I, not with, like you said. How many games are left? 25, 30? Do the, do the Jazz take a significant step back with the moves they made today as far as competitiveness? I don't think so, but does losing a couple of uh, vet starters and, and – does the, and a key guy off the bench, does that hurt, hurt you? Oh, maybe for one or two games. But when you're in the tight race like this, one or two games could matter. So I think the Jazz finished ninth or 10th, uh, and they get in the play-in, which will be a good step for them. And then we'll see how things go from there. So I'm assuming we're going to see Taylor Hendricks now. Starting tonight. He on, should get minutes. On he's going to play bench, in Phoenix. Getting between 15 and 20 minutes a night. That kind of consistency where you're not told, yeah, you're in the G League until – we ask you to play some extra minutes with us. You're going to be on this two-way contract forever. You've advanced at least his progression, at least asking him to start getting going. Minutes-wise, Will Hardy is going to have quite a challenge because his lineup, is, I mean, those two guys, I mean, Simone Fontecchio and Kelly Olenek were guys that were a huge part of what that looked like. And Ocha Abaji was getting uh, quite a few rotation minutes in, in there as well. Are you surprised Taylor Horton-Tucker? Uh yes. I that thought, name didn't move. I thought that they would try to find a situation for him. Um, maybe it just didn't come up. Maybe they didn't see the value. Maybe other teams didn't. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but I thought that they would probably move him, and they didn't. So, And and you know what? THT might be back in the rotation tonight based on the moves they made. Oh, they're going to have they're gonna have to use him probably. They're shorthanded tonight. I mean, they're, they're missing three guys, two guys specifically that were definitely in the rotation. And Ochai's been in and out lately, but there's three guys missing tonight, and so – 
there's minutes to be had tonight, so we'll see if THT gets back in there and gets some. Uh, but uh, they didn't move him, and I'm surprised by that. Not surprised. I know everyone's thinking Jordan Clarkson was going to get moved. There was a lot of buzz with the Knicks. I never felt like there was that for sure deal out there. I, I don't know that Jordan Clarkson's a jazz man next year. I think something could happen in the offseason, especially with his contract, which is very team-friendly. Mm-hmm. But uh, for now, he stays, and you know, and I made, you know, I made a case what a month ago for Jordan Clarkson to stay, and they, he's staying. So if you're a Jazz fan and you love Jordan Clarkson, you're happy today. He's not going anywhere. Colin Sexton's not going anywhere. Uh, I I really never saw that. I think the Jazz are pretty happy with the way he's been playing right now, and he fits their timeline and everything else. I think the only re- reason Colin would ever move is if they found a better deal or a better fit, something that made the team better. They're not going to move Colin Sexton for picks or something like that. He's too valuable. And uh, with his contract, that would be a move for a bigger, better player, which, you know, obviously wasn't out there today. So the Jazz move on. I think the core of this team's still intact. I think that they're in a good place. I think they're right where we thought they were when the season started. I thought they'd be in the play-in mix, and here we are. Now they know who they are. We're coming up on All-Star break, and then let's go. I know that money's a part of this. I mean, obviously – it's just not very sexy when we're talking about trade stuff, and you're like, "That's a team friendly contract." Look, from hey, an entertainment, okay, hey, listen, I get it. My wife, my wife is a financial person. Just, she's like, she's like, "Oh, show me the spreadsheet," and that's right. what they have to do right, right, as right. general manager. They go, "Give me the spreadsheet." Ooh, okay. man, I'm loving it. Give me those favorable finances, and that doesn't to, to me. It doesn't help. Doesn't help me because I like flashy things. I'm a simple man, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> I like the. I want to be entertained. I know it's like. How much can I get off the dollar menu? Give me all that. Okay. I get it. I, I understand you weren't entertained today. The trade <laughs> deadline was boring. Uh, I know. But, but they the truth moves. is the yeah. Jazz made some boring deals, but they were the right deals. They made some they made, they made sense to me, but I'm not uh I'm not uh from an entertainment standpoint, probably not the one to ask right now. I'm 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 looking at this from an analytical standpoint and I love it. From an entertainment standpoint, did you get flash and flare? Out of the trade deadline today? No, you're probably yeah. disappointed. No, instead, no fireworks. Instead, I have to have a bunch of I have to have a bunch of guys in my ear going, "Hey, opportunity cost," and I'm like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> With my econ 101, stop class using your insurance words. I don't want to hear those. Basically, failed at BYU. I don't care about economics today. Econ I want to be entertained. I want everybody, a blockbuster. Everybody knows who Dr. Curl is down at BYU. If you've ever taken econ econ 110. This is why I hated it because then it goes, no, it's sexy. This is, oh, look, look at the, look at the spreadsheet. Look at the opportunity cost. Let's go. I get it. It's fine. I know this every year. I know this every year. I won't be impressed by really any deals. And because we've had massive deals made over the past two seasons, right, with this Jazz team, the biggest names on their team, on their roster in the last decade were moved within six months of one another. Right? Yeah. And so that's the part where I think sometimes we probably just got used to, well, Danny Ainge is making moves. He's making moves. He is, but they're not this is these are the pawns moving, right? Yeah. We're not talking about the big we're not talking about the big ones. There's this is not checkmate. Right. There's no doubt about that. This is a pawn move, you bet, but uh, it's part of the process and I'm telling you from a business standpoint, made a lot of sense. Yeah. Give me uh hey what does anybody know what number Gabrielle Procida is gonna be wearing? I wanna get that jersey for my kid. (laughs) <laughs> don't give me that look i'm just telling you how like on the short term it's not sexy man give me those proceda 
uh, jerseys, if I'm saying that right. We'll come back. We've got more to go. The NBA trade uh, deadline, of course, hit, and we've got a lot of things that happened, not just for the Jazz, but across the league. But first, before we get to that, Jeremiah was able to sit down with Walker Kessler, the not-traded center of the Utah Jazz. Is that Breaking how we're doing news, it? Walker Kessler not traded today. Uh, courtesy of UCCU and got a good 10 minutes with Walker being able to sit down and uh, kind of get his thoughts on where things are. I will say this, and you want to listen to this because the dude seems comfortable in his own skin. That's something that has always been something about Walker since he came to Utah was he knows what he's about. He loves to work. He loves to get things going. He's totally happy with who he is. And I think you'll see that kind of shine through in this interview. So uh, JJ will set it up here for us. But Walker Kessler, you're going to hear that interview exclusively right here on the KSL Sports Zone. We'll come back. We've got tons to go on a packed show. Uh, got an NBA.com writer coming on with us in about uh, 45 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, Jake Scott is going to jump on as well. There's an actual basketball game that has to be made. It has to be played tonight with this uh, Phoenix Suns team down in Phoenix. So we'll have to see how that one goes. And Jake, of course, is going to be hosting pre-half and post-game with that. So many things going on. So stay right here at 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. I just had the most entertaining 10 minutes of my day. The trades, of course, all of the news with the Utah Jazz. Uh, you just heard JJ, of course, uh, roll out some of the uh, finer points of the trade during the Jazz at 30 update we talked all about in that first segment. We've got tons to talk about still. But I would direct you, as our producer for, for today, Christian, said, you want to entertain yourself? Go to the Instagram page of the Utah Jazz, click on really any player that was traded because they they, they say thank you to them. They say, oh, thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you so much, Simone. Go to the Simone Fontecchio thank you page, which has, has a thousand comments at this point, way more than anybody else, and it is an incensed crowd of Italians and Simone Fontecchio Supporters. Is he like the only Italian player in the NBA right now? Uh, I it can't be. There's no I, Italy. I mean, I don't know. JJ, this you is think where I so active? from the comment section. I mean, there have been Danilo Gallinari. Is he still oh, active? Right. Gallinari. Technically, Paolo Bencaro is Italian. Okay, um, but a lot of the guys the, so, like Marco Bellinelli is not in the league anymore. Bargnani, no. Melly, no. It's like when you it's like when you talk about uh, Ben Simmons. Oh yeah, the Aussie. You're like, come on. When you hear him talk, he's like, yeah, I had a great time at LSU. Things were fun. <laughs> yeah, Australian, okay. I Listen, Italians are passionate. I love the passion. The insults, I'll take all of them. But most of them are very disparaging to the state of Utah. And I love it because it's basically like we'll never, I will never, ever visit you ever again. I'll, we'll have to read them. We'll have to read three fifty. You're going to share some of these. <laughs> I can't. I don't know they if we can. Hear. Hey, Lloyd. You can edit it. Can we cuss in Italian? I don't know what the ruling is. He says no. All right. Well, <laughs> either way, 
It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun stuff. All right, JJ, you were able to sit down this week with Walker Kessler. Before we go into it, um, you guys set this up through UCCU, and this is a guy that I think that we've all kind of endeared ourselves to, not just because of the great play that he had his rookie season, and I think now he's kind of getting to the point where he's fully healthy, kind of figuring some things out. Will Hardy working him back into the into the rotation, but before we listen in here. What are some things that you were like, oh, I got to know this from Walker Kessler before you guys sat down? I learned things I didn't know about him. Like, he's very talented. He's accomplished things you'd never guess he'd accomplish. Can he cuss in Italian? Probably. Because <laughs> he seems to be able to do everything else. He's got a wide array of talents. Yes. And you'll learn about that in the interview. But also, just his, he's so likable. And he's genuine and real and approachable, unlike a lot of professional athletes today. I mean, he was great, and he, he's just hes so much fun to be around. Uh, you can tell when somebody doesn't want to be doing an interview. He was excited to be there. Oh, yeah. He had a great time. No, I, that is one thing that I've that I've noticed is when guys come in and they're like, ugh, they're already, roll, they're already rolling their eyes before yeah. you start it up. Not Walker Kessler's case. He's still not jaded totally yet. So the, if Jazz <laughs> fans should just absolutely love this guy, and hopefully he's part of this franchise for years to come because so, he's so great. Uh JJ able to sit down with with Walker Kessler, like I said, courtesy of UCCU, and uh, had a nice little little chat here. Here's what Walker Kessler had to say with JJ. Thanks for joining us. This is fun. Happy to be here. Um, you know all about life elevated, right? Literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. we <laughs> you've achieved greatness at a high level, and we want to give fans a chance to learn how you've done it. And it starts with where you grew up in Georgia. Yeah, and it starts with your family. How did your upbringing? and your family help you achieve greatness? So I grew up in a little town south of Atlanta called Noonan, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up with an older brother, older sister. I was the baby, so (laughs) always got picked on at a young age. But, you know, I think that it made me more competitive in a way. And my family in general is, you know, extremely competitive. Um, My dad played college ball at Georgia, um, played overseas. My brother played college ball as well. Um, my sister played beach volleyball. So, you know, we've always were competing, whether it was, you know, basketball or shoots and ladders. Um, didn't matter. And so I think because of that, you know, I'm where I am today. At what point did becoming an NBA player become the goal? Mm-hmm. And what sacrifices did you have to make to achieve that? Oof. I think around middle school is when I had a serious conversation you know, like, I want to do this. Um, obviously, there were times where, like, eh, you know, maybe maybe not. <laughs> but um, I think for me, the, the biggest sacrifice that I made was just, you know, choosing how to spend your time. For me, that was, you know, being in the gym as much as possible, um, doing everything I can to be great in that regard, but also, you know, enjoying, you know, life as a kid because yeah. you don't want to be burned out as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the concern but continuing to keep working. Life Elevate is the Utah State slogan. It's part of your campaign with UCCU. Mm. Elevated checking. And when you're seven feet tall, you have no choice but to live life elevated, yeah, right? You, know, you got to duck through <laughs> some door frames and stuff like so that. So it's a perfect match. How much are you enjoying life elevated in Utah? And have you now in your second year had a chance to really enjoy it? Yeah, I love it. The first week I couldn't breathe. But, you know, I think, um, you know, it's been great. Uh, I love the mountains are unbelievable. You know, the people are super friendly. Um, you know, the, the altitude definitely is a big advantage just being, you know, 
part of part of the jazz. You know, I feel like everyone comes here and it's automatically just like, ah, you know, you yeah. can't breathe. So being able to play here in front of people, it's just it's a lot of fun. Uh, your partnership with UCCU, you know, fun fact about me, seventh grade, I yeah. did theater. Really? And I won the theater award at the end of the year. I, wow. I, I played Santa Claus as a monologue. You played Santa Claus. I did. True story. <laughs> True story. Classically trained actor, Walker Kessler. Listen, you're a natural. Looks great. That was my first career. You know, that's what I wanted to be. But, you know, basketball works too. So when Basketball isn't going to last forever. Right, yeah. Do you yeah. want to do some acting when you're done? You know, who knows? You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, now on the court. How has life been in the NBA been different year one to year two? Obviously, everyone knows who you are now in the league. Mm -hmm. They adjust to the way you play. How have you adjusted? Yeah, you know, it's a lot different. Um, I think, especially in the first year, like, like you said, you know, going into games, people don't really know, you know, who you are. They don't necessarily respect you just because you haven't been in that situation before. Um, so having going into second year, people knowing who you are, people having a scout for you, you know, definitely makes it more difficult. But I think the biggest thing that I've learned is to stay the course and keep, you know, regardless of the outcome, just keep moving forward, keep trying. Um, and, you know, even though there's failures, try to take those failures and learn from them and, you know, turn to success. Last year, All-Star Weekend was special here in Utah. You got to be a part a of that. A lot of fun. You're going to get to do it again, this time in Indy, as a part of the Rising Stars mm -hmm. game. How excited are you for another opportunity to go there? And you get to go with a teammate as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, me, me and Key, um, you know, very excited. You know, excited for him to experience it. You know, kind of show him the ropes a little bit. You know, we'll see. The Rising Stars game is really competitive. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, very excited. Um, you know, very excited. Very excited for the opportunity to be recognized and to be part of, you know, that weekend and to see some of the best basketball players, you know, in the NBA. You know, you've done some reporting on the side when you've gone to some of these events. You got to ask Jokic questions. I'm not say I'm a man of all trades, but I have. I have. <laughs> Is there a lot anything of you can't do? Uh, I can't play soccer very well. Okay. I'm, I'm not very coordinated with my feet. Um, <laughs> So that is, that is one thing. <laughs> so we found one thing, but you're so That's great. That's about it, though. <laughs> you were great. I mean, you asked Jokic great questions last year. I mean, are we going to see more of that at All-Star Weekend? Maybe. Who knows? Okay. Um, you know, can't, can't reveal all the surprises, but, um, <laughs> you know, excited for, for whatever it brings. Can't wait for it. All right. How would you describe the Utah Jazz season so far? You know, I think it definitely started out a little, little tougher than last year's season. Um, I think that adding a lot of different pieces – you know, it takes time for guys and things to mesh. But I feel like, you know, playing a 10-man style, we've all meshed very well. And we all get along great. And we have great chemistry. And I think we're really tough to play against. Um, you know, I think that it's tough to scout against all these guys when we have so much depth. I mean, even looking at last night, you know, we had, I think, four guys that closed the game that aren't starters. You know, it just yeah. depends, on, depends on the night. Yeah. And I think because of that, you know, you never know who's going to bring it. But regardless of who brings it, everyone on the bench is always cheering for everybody. And it just makes it a lot of fun to play. How has Will helped with that? Because one of the things that stands out to me about Will Hardy is we've seen the comments he makes, you know, the masterpiece of you know what mm -hmm. after the one game, <laughs> the Dallas game. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also this willingness to admit or to be flexible or to say, I need to learn or do better like with, he yeah. did with Colin Sexton. How much do you guys appreciate that with him? Yeah, you know, I think that it takes a lot of humility for a coach to admit, you know, that he has to do better. Yeah. And I think that because of that, that's where, like, part of his greatness is. You know, as players, we respect someone who 
admits, you know, when they're wrong or when they can work on stuff. And because of that, we look at that and we want to be like that. You know, we want to take the blame for stuff that we're at fault for. Um, and I think when you have guys like that that aren't all pointing the finger, you know, it makes it a lot more fun to play for, and it just makes guys just, you know, be that much stronger. Lesson for all of us how important humility yeah. is in everyday no life. Question. Right, the offense in the NBA is crazy right now. Luka and Joel Embiid <laughs> dropping 70. I mean, guys, other guys are dropping 60 every night. It's like no big deal. Five teams are averaging 120 points right. per game. As an elite defensive player. Yeah, I said, you want to ask an offensive question, you got the wrong guy here. <laughs> I, what I'm asking you is, how do you deal with that as, a, as an elite defensive player in the NBA right uh, now? I have a short-term memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I think, Having an identity on the defensive side um, in a league that has so many talented scores, yeah. you know, you just have to learn how to do the best you can and to not necessarily always have to make plays that show up on stats, you know, whether that's being in the paint, deterring a shot, making a guy kick a ball out or something like that. Like, you have to be okay with not being like a statistical, you know, right. getting blocks yes. is fun, you know, yeah. whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to be okay with it. And you got to be okay with getting scored on. And, you know, I've been dunked on a couple times. <laughs> it it happens. happens. It's an occupational hazard. Um, so you just have to be okay with it. But you win some of those battles. You do win well. some. You do. Well, hopefully majority. I, I would imagine the majority. And we sports anchors need to recognize that more and show more of the blocks instead of just the dunks, right? <sighs> yeah. Y'all don't show a lot of blocks. <laughs> not going to lie. We'll pro- I promise we'll do better. <laughs> Last thing I want to ask you, what's your favorite thing about Utah? What have you really mm. had a chance to, to really enjoy and discover now that you've been here for a couple of years? That's tough. I mean, it, it, sounds, it sounds naive or, you know, silly or hallmark or whatever, but I, I think waking up every morning to those mountains and sitting out. I, li- I live in a, um, a condo on the, on the 24th, so I have a pretty good view mm. of the mountains. And in the morning and when there's a golden hour and the sun sets and the skies are clear, it's, ah, oh, you, you can't beat it. Uh, wow. So for me, that's, that's the best thing. You've and discuss- the people and fans, of course. <laughs> of course, yes. Want to throw that out there. Yeah. And the media as well. <laughs> and right? the media, right, right, right. exactly. Okay. You've discovered what all of us have about Utah, that right. this place is awesome. Walker, we're glad you live here. We're glad you're part of the Utah uh, Jazz. Glad to be here. And UCCU is glad you're a part of them. Uh, they can, there's, these ads are going to be running throughout wherever. <laughs> How much fun are you having with the campaign? Oh. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, listen, I was a campaign manager for Lowry's All-Star Week. That's right. I just want to say. Again, so. jack of all trades, Walker Kessler. You can follow him on Instagram, at Kid Kessler. Walker Kessler, thanks for joining us. Uh, Brought to you by UCCU. Happy to be here. There you go, Walker Kessler. He seems like the type of fun that's not manufactured. Like, he seems like he's – he has that look on his face, and, and, and during his interviews he has kind of a fun time. It's almost like he goes, look – I want to have fun doing this, too. We have fun doing those types of interviews, but he's a really cool guy to sit down with. I I can't imagine how much fun he is to play with and to be around in the locker room, to be a teammate with, to coach, all those things. So just awesome to be around him. Uh, He also did the weather after we were finished. (laughs) We taped the interview in the KSL studio, and he's like, ooh, I should do the weather. And I was like, yes, you should. Go ahead. The green screen's ready for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he went over there, and he he did a little weather forecast. What's the – it's hard to project, but what's the ceiling for a guy like Walker? And what, what do they anticipate? What do they expect out of a guy like Walker Kessler? I mean, obviously they got him before – you know, they got a first-round draft pick before he started playing for the, the Timberwolves last year. Yeah. What was he, 22nd overall? He's 
played better than that tw- even 22nd pick, I think. No question. So what's what's the ceiling for a guy like Walker Kessler? I, I think at some point you could see him making an all-star game. I really do at the center position. I, I think that uh, you'd like to see him start to get more minutes and to earn those minutes. Uh, if you look at this season, I mean, he had the the elbow thing really set him back early in the year. And then it's taken a while to get back and get the confidence built up. But you see the skill set. You saw the impact he had in their last two games, both against the Bucks and against the Thunder. Two big wins. They don't get those wins without Walker Kessler. Uh, you can go in and listen. Uh, you'll see the interview, including his commercial. There's more. Shot. There's more that you didn't hear right. that you will see on KSL Sports Live this weekend, six o'clock on Saturday and ten forty-five on Sunday. Good tease. All right, awesome. Thanks, JJ. Appreciate that. Uh, we'll take a break here before we do, guys. Valentine's Day right around the corner. Best blanket ever is also the best Valentine's gift ever. It's the soft and comfy Minky Couture blanket. The gift that you know that she's going to love. Save 50% right now using the promo code ZONE50 in the store or online. MinkyCouture.com. It's MinkyCouture.com. We'll come back. More to go around the corner. I will read for you some of the very sad and censored uh, Italian fans who have now absolutely left Utah Jazz fandom to go to Detroit, I guess, on their Instagram pages and their social media pages. Stay with us. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Listen, everybody. Real-life hypotheticals to get your brain churning. As JJ and Alex ask, would you rather? All right, next week we're going to be out at the Mountain America Expo Center for the RV show, the Utah RV show. Let me see here. Yeah, that's next week. JJ, we're going to be out there, man. I can't wait. I've been I've tried to get them to have us do it on an RV. Like in an RV. But so far uh, unsuccessful because people want to go through and look at them. Of course. They don't want to go through and look at us doing a radio show. But those have plenty of room. So we have a family five-pack of tickets to give away. What are we doing? That? Are we doing that today? Yeah, let's do it right now. Let's give away that family five-pack of tickets to the Utah RV show. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-9663. Call in number 12 right now. Gets five tickets to the Utah RV show. It's going to be next week at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-ZONE. Uh, this is our Would You Rather segment, JJ. Uh, Can I throw it out this week? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or this, on this one? Absolutely. Would you rather trade Simone Fontecchio mm. and get that early second-round pick you so desire or keep him so you avoid the ire ah, of the Italians? Listen, it almost sounds like it's it's like, hey, l- listen, hey. But the, but the emojis with the hands up going, what are you doing? Hey. You got rid of my guy, Simone. And this isn't like Jersey no, no, Italian. No, no, no. This is like Italian Italian. No, no. This is this is full on. Lots of uh this lots is of nasty. Lots of blankety blanks in there. My favorite one was Can you translate some of these for us? With I that, can do with it without the cusses. I'll do one without the cusses because my favorite one, there's a lot of blankety blank you, Utah. Just make sure you edit these, but I want to hear okay. them. They're, they're pretty funny. So there was a blank, blankety, blanky you, Utah. And then they followed it up with Jordan Vibate e Vibatara Sempre, which is like, I hope Jordan beats you forever. Jordan, oh. will, Jordan will forever beat you. Jeez. That's what it is. Jordan beats you, and he always will. 
Wow. Keep that in your head, Utah. Like, it, it, it's not just an insult. And Christian pointed out, he goes, look, I liked all the insults till that one. That's hurts. That's going too far. That hurts. If you want to get to the heart of the Utah Jazz fan base. So, lots of, you have no idea what you're doing. I hope you never make the playoffs. I hope you, neither you nor your your dead grandmother make the playoffs. That, By the way, my dead grandmother wouldn't make the playoffs. But apparently that's an insult. <laughs> dead grandma. <laughs> Man. I mean, so many... So did they, many. Did they tell? Did they tell us to jump in the uh, Salt Lake in Italian? There was there was the one that was. Where's the Salt Lake one? Oh my gosh! Because oh here it is. Yeah. Ooh. I I don't know which is the cuss word in here, but it basically it was all go jump in that disgusting Salt Lake. Jeez. Blankety blank Utahns. I didn't it's know not just that. Utahns. They're throwing it out. They're saying Mormons. They're saying Utah Jazz oh, front office. Religion. Jeez. Full the entire state of Utah jump into the into the bloody Salt Lake. These Italian NBA fans are nasty. Listen, I almost want him back. Just because of this. <laughs> hey, I want him hey, back. Danny. You, <laughs> Please. Is there like a 24? Is there like a receipt? Can you return the receipt? Yeah. Can you give the Raptors uh, where 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 they send him uh, the Pistons? Can you send the uh, receipt back to the Pistons? We want them back. Che senso logico lo avete fatto? We can't have this Italian hate. No man, we can't have it. What logic did you see in any of this? <laughs> Why so much? Listen, I'm I'm I, I know I know all the cuss words in Spanish too, and I mean they go and Europeans are like this too. They just go straight at the heart. Your mom, your grandma, your dead relatives. Because it's not good enough to insult you, you've got to tell them to blank off, too. She's been dead. Do the Italians realize that he's still in the NBA and he's still going to be playing? In fact, probably playing a lot for the Detroit Pistons? They they didn't kick him out of the league. He was giving you a good hand and you sent him to the dumpster. You sent him to the dumpster. Look, I know Detroit sucks, but I wouldn't call it a dumpster. He still gets paid. Jump in your disgusting grandmother's salt lake out there. It's like, (laughs) jeez, how dare you? I mean, at least they didn't send him to Cleveland. (laughs) Yeah, listen, though, going to Detroit is a a tough one. So it's not just the Italian fans. There's lots of of Simone lovers who are super pissed how this thing went down. All right, there you go. So, final word on Simone Fontecchio's trade to the Italian uh, community on Instagram. This is on the Jazz Instagram feed. And by far, by a factor of 10, has the most comments on it. I love it. I got to go through more of these. This is how I'm going to put myself to sleep tonight. Reading all these, the rest of these. Translating them, getting them in, getting them going. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, (laughs) senior writer for NBA.com, Steve Ashburner, going to join us. We'll get the full thoughts on the Jazz trade, but also across the league. Who did the best on moving day here? As the uh, trade deadline was hit a couple of hours ago, and it's all in the books now, but uh, how is this going to look for the Jazz the rest of the season? Steve Ashburner from the from NBA.com is going to join us next. Stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Accessing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. Wow. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. 
Welcome back. It is 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen. Together, we make up the duo of JJ and Alex. Every day right here, 3 to 7, on the KSL Sports Zone. I have just gotten the absolute I've gotten an, I've gotten an absolute kick out of reading all the uh comments in Italian from the Italian tifosi, the fans from Italy that were apparently the entire country is now against this entire state because of Simone Fontecchio being traded. I look I mean you see this periodically but the Italians don't have a guy to hang their hat on in the league. Like Simone was becoming kind of he was he was carving out a little space for himself, but he got he got too valuable, got too valuable. Now we're reading all the comments, and uh, they are hilarious. But that's part of the deal. We're going to kick off the hours we always do. The very first segment that we have at the top of the hour is called the cut, and that of course is where we're going to get here our uh, senior NBA writer from NBA.com joining us on the program, Steve Ashburner. Let's get right there. Let's start the show out. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. I don't know if Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck weighed out all the uh, the, the cons considering the Italian uh, backlash that we've gotten here in the state of Utah over the past 24 hours. Steve, thanks for being with us. Uh, your reaction to what the Jazz did for moves? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't. I didn't realize the uh, the overseas popularity, I guess, of uh, <laughs> Simone. But um, uh, you know, they they they, they certainly you know adopted uh, adopted him apparently, and uh, in lieu of others that they could focus their attention on. So you know uh, that that's fine. I you know I guess um, not real wowed by what Utah did. I think the 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 deal with Toronto to me the most the biggest question I have is you know Kelly Olynyk. Um, doesn't seem to fit a rebuilding timeline that that Toronto would seem to be uh, embarking on. I mean, he's a little bit long in the tooth for that. So I'm a little bit surprised by that part of it. Um, otherwise, I don't think that that's a deal that sends too many shockwaves through, uh, through the league, particularly today. Certainly not. But what the Jazz did get out of it was a first-round pick, and it seems to be that, that that's yeah. something that uh, – Teams around the league really hold in high esteem, and the Jazz were able to get one. Well, and it's with a team that, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people are having a hard time, myself included, trying to figure out what exactly Toronto is doing. Yeah. So, um, you know, if they're giving away first-round picks, well, that suggests, uh, you know, a, a makeover on the fly. And yet when they're swapping out, you know, legitimate players like O.G. Ananobi and, and Pascal Siakam, then it's sort of like, well, that that seems more like a, a step back before you go forward. So, no, I think that's I think that's a valuable piece for the for the Jazz. I agree with you. Lots of guys who were in Jazz uniforms at some point were part of kind of a lot of these big trades. Gordon Hayward going to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, maybe the maybe one that I think that everybody saw that went oh boy the Knicks are making a move, but picking up Boyan Bogdanovich and that corner absolute lethal three that he's got. And also Alec Burks in that one. That was that's a huge move for the Knicks, who are having one of their best seasons in a long, long time. They're hoping to contend right now. 
I think the Knicks are the winners of the day, you know, until we see something play out that maybe uh, we're not projecting and, and a player who got traded, um, you know, really takes off. I think the Knicks on paper by, you know, both those guys are, are 20, 20 point scorers when needed um, veteran presence, uh, the kind of players that if Detroit had managed to get any traction this season, would have been, I think, valuable to that that operation. Uh, Detroit made a lot of moves uh, today, but I'm not sure that they they got better at all, either either immediately or or short term. So uh, it seemed like they could have gotten more for uh, Burks or Bogdanovich um, than they got today by putting them in one package and you know hand delivering them to the Knicks. You know, Steve, for the past couple decades, the Knicks have kind of been a laughing stock in the league, and, and they, they were yeah. known for terrible personnel decisions. Suddenly, they've been very shrewd and smart, and they built themselves something really nice there. And now you look at them as a team that could push in the East to make the finals. What is your impression or what are your thoughts on kind of this turnaround with the Knicks as far as you know management and how they run things and where they currently stand? Well, what I really like about it is, you know, they didn't do things in a typical sort of New York wannabe way, which which meant, you know, what you heard about them was that they were acquiring quantity over quality, and then they would trade, you know, four or five guys to get one big star because that's what you have to have in New York, right? You have to have that marquee name. And I was glad to see that that's not how they've done that. They did use assets like Barrett and Quickly and, and Grimes, but um, it wasn't just you know putting everything in, in uh, you know on the shoulders of, of one name player. Um, you know these pieces that they've picked up and an OB, you know fits in perfectly with that team. And you know we just talked about Bogdanovich and uh, Burks. Um, I, I think that they have they've sort of raised their their um, ceiling, and you know they found their star in, in Jalen Brunson. Um, they picked him up, you know, relatively easily off the uh, Dallas Mavericks roster. And, you know, that has worked out where they haven't had to then turn around and, and overpay for, you know, a, a so-called, you know, proven star. And I, I'm a Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau guy. Um, I just think that he is uh, – nobody outworks him. He's committed defensively. Uh, he works with the offensive players and, and potential that they have. And um, I just I just think that uh, Thibodeau is a, a big reason why this Nets team of glorified role players is is sort of maxing out. Uh, with Gordon Hayward going to the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, the Thunder are a team that has been absolutely outshining what expectations were, were thought of them. We knew they were getting good, but SGA is phenomenal. Chet Holmgren has turned into already a very, very valuable piece for that team. Uh, they acquire Gordon Hayward. How long is it going to take for this team to really get to the mountaintop here? Is it something that maybe is a a next year type deal? Because you know Gordon Hayward, obviously his injury is not necessarily going to make him a, a huge part of what this team is doing, at least in the very, very short term. Right. You know, but he's. I mean, he's still got some game left in him. He's thirty three now. You know, he's got mileage and the injuries that have always sort of undercut uh, what he could do for his teams. But I just think his presence, um, good shooter, probably as good a shooter as they'll, they'll have on that roster at this point. And, um, you know, he comes in, he might get minutes that, that have been going to Josh Giddy. Um, you know, I, I think if, as long as he's healthy and even if he is, you know, dealing with some injuries as a presence, as a veteran uh, guy who knows the league for a team that, that still is, you know, awfully young, I think OKC is, they're the first or second youngest team in the league still, even yeah. though they're, you know, achieving some victories. Um, 
I think that's that's huge for them. And uh, no, you mentioned the other guys. I mean, SGA and and uh, Chet Holmgren, and, and then the Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to append that to his name all the time to make sure that we know who we're talking about. But, well, unfortunately, um, uh, fans around here know all too well about how good Jalen Williams is. There you go. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, Hayward is is you know as long as he's not a you know out of sight, out of mind, injured for six months kind of guy, I think he helps that team you know on and off. Another name that got moved, uh, Buddy Hield um, from the Pacers to the Sixers. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that move for the Sixers? Well, for the Sixers, I think it's a good thing. I mean, you know, they're rolling the dice. They're sort of up against it. They have to capitalize on on their position at this point this season and with uh joel Embiid, you know sidelined for some some period of time um if not you know if not a horrific period of time i think that they're you know they're doing what they can um you know the reason he got traded was because he declined a salary extension offer over the summer and indiana thought that they were being awfully uh generous in that offer and when he didn't take it well, they're looking at now and saying, well, what are we going to do? We're going to have to bid against ourselves or we're going to have to go up in the summer when, when things, um, you know, maybe get really crazy. And so it seemed like they'd been shopping him for a while. Um, they made some moves. They, what they got for him, they essentially, you know, kicked to the curb. Um, was it Korkma, Korkmaz and, and uh, um, uh, who else came over in that deal? But they, they, they cut guys when they got him today. And really they'll end up with Doug McDermott for Buddy Heald, and yeah. obviously I prefer Buddy Heald as a player, but the contract situation, you know, uh, spoke loud and clear. Yeah, Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second-round picks in that deal. You're right. Yep. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you is just sometimes the biggest trade deadline deals are the ones that don't happen. Uh, you look at the Lakers <laughs> not doing anything. DeJounte Murray still with Atlanta. Uh, what What was your take on some of the deals that didn't happen today, and who had a chance to help themselves today but didn't? Well, I work out of Chicago, and the idea that the Chicago Bulls did nothing yeah. with <laughs> um, Zach Levine, um, you know, Andre Drummond, Alex Caruso, and they're headed nowhere. So, I mean, it's it boggles my mind that, that Chicago would be inert, um, not committing one way or the other. I mean, you know, the, they aren't going to go anywhere if they snag a playing spot. You know, their claim to fame last season was, well, we're the team that pushed Miami almost to the brink of elimination in a play-in game. And then the Heat went on to the finals. So somehow the Bulls took that as a, you know, a, a kudo for themselves. But, no, it's it's really silly. I, I said to a friend of mine today, you know how they booed Jerry Krause's widow uh, several weeks ago yeah, um, during the Ring of Honor ceremony? I think some Bulls fans right now want to make the current GM's wife a widow. Um, based Oof. on how badly this team is being Jeez. run right now, <laughs> what, how, what what's the deal there? I mean, we we all grew up with the Bulls of the '90s and Michael Jordan. You know how how everybody here feels about that that era of Bulls basketball, yeah. keeping the Jazz from winning titles. Why is that franchise struggling so badly? I think it's I think it's top down. I think it's yeah. uh, the upper management and ownership of this team uh, doesn't feel an urgency. Um, you know, the owner of the Bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf, also owns the White Sox. And it's not like um, the White Sox are doing anything special either, but I think baseball is his first love. Um, they're very uh, reluctant to um, make big money moves. I mean, the, the Zach Levine move um, may not have been to ownership's liking, but they made it anyway. 
probably spent that maximum contract on the wrong guy. Uh, and, and, you know, also, and this is normally a good thing, um, ownership is incredibly patient with management, good or bad. And these days it's bad. They were, they were patient to a fault with um, John Paxson and Gar Foreman prior to this, and they're awfully patient now with uh, Arturus, Arturus uh, Kornisovas and, uh, and um, oh, Mark um, Everly. And it's just, it's, to me, it's a slap in the face to uh, Chicago fans. I grew up in this town, and, uh, you know, I was a Bulls fan pre-Jordan, and it's just, it makes no sense to me that uh, they expect people to keep showing up paying, paying the prices. Steve Ashburner, senior writer for NBA.com, joining us here on 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Uh, Steve, before we let you go here, help Jazz fans yeah. understand what kind of front office they have. And I think that people look at Danny Ainge and just assume he's the guy who wheels and deals and makes these insane, uh, you know, he, you know, he's known for the crazy deals, the big ones, right? But these deals that were made today, I mean, this is a guy and Justin Zanuck, also the GM, who are extremely bright in in, in trying to figure out the best roster situation, but with a really, really young coach with some really good kind of centerpieces to this team, how do you get a superstar to Utah? Well, you've got to trade them or you've got to draft you trade for them or you've got to draft them. I mean, it's not going to be a free agency thing. So one of the, one of the legs of the three-legged stool of team building is gone for teams like Utah, um, you know, Milwaukee generally until you actually have a, you know, proven, uh, system even now. I mean, I don't think they're a big free agent destination. Detroit, um, Minnesota. I worked for years uh, covering the Timberwolves. Same thing. You just don't have the same uh, opportunities to lure those big names just just with cash. Um, and so, you know, it it does make it more important, you know, for teams like that to be mindful of payroll, not to you know go into the tax um, level of uh, of uh, payroll. And you know, I just think I think. I don't know. I like Danny Ainge. I think he's clever. I think he's, um, uh, you know, properly cautious. Um, he seems to have done, you know, some good moves in the past. I mean, uh, you know, Laurie Markkinen is, is a great piece uh, that, you know, Chicago, we just talked about them. They kicked that guy, you know, off to the side. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I, I think that, um, I think the management is there. I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding the right mix. I mean, I thought John Collins was a good pickup. So um, it's just sort of getting it all to uh, coalesce, um, I would say. And I think people are generally happy with Will Hardy, aren't they? Seems yes. like one of the bright young minds. Absolutely. So um, it's just, you know, it, it's, there's some ingredient they're going to have to work on, find, or um, grow on their own. Now the trade deadline is over and the dust has settled. We know who teams are moving forward as we uh, go through the All-Star break. There'll be some free agents here and there that come up and sign places. But overall, we know who everyone is now. Who do you think is the favorite to win the championship? Well, I think the, the, favorite to, the favorites for me for the finals um, are the Boston Celtics in the East and the uh, Denver Nuggets in the West. I, I think Boston is probably a little bit uh, heavier favorite. Uh, if I look at those two teams, just because I think they really they, they have the depth, uh, they can match up against most of their opponents pretty well. Uh, they've got two star wings, you know, in their prime that are, you know, it's time for them to shoulder all the responsibility. Uh, they don't seem to have lost anything by uh, training away Marcus Smart. And then they added a whole new facet to the game with uh, Porzingis. So I just think, you know, uh, with that, with Drew Holiday on board, um, 
They picked up, you know, Xavier Tillman, not a big piece, but he certainly helps give Al Horford, you know, a blow here and there so he doesn't get run into the ground. Uh, Boston, to me, is my favorite overall. And then I just think I just respect what Denver does. Um, I think Bruce Brown uh, going elsewhere, uh, ding them, and that could hurt them in a playoff run. But um, you got you know, I feel like I, I have to respect Nikola Jokic, who might end up being an MVP all over again. Steve Ashburner walking you through the day of trades, of course, that were on the trade deadline. Very, very busy day for you, obviously. We appreciate you taking some time and coming on with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again, Steve. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. Thanks, Steve. There's Steve Ashburner. I mean, uh, the picture of the league always looks a little little bit different on on, the trade deadline. Yeah, I think if you're looking at was there the big splash today, no. There was not as close to something the Knicks Knicks made. Yeah, but probably the best move. No, look, we know Bogey and Alec Burks, but I mean, nobody around the country is gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe the Knicks added Bogey Mm. and Alec Burks." You know what I mean? But also, you heard that seismic, like earth-moving deal. That's like, "Oh wow, ooh, the Lakers did this," or "Oh, I can't believe that." There wasn't that move today, and so I I want. I I asked him that question, and I, I. I, nothing changes for me today. I still think, yeah, well, the Nuggets and the Celtics are the teams. And nobody else, besides maybe the Knicks, and I agree with them, they did win the day. But maybe nobody beside the Knicks made a move that would help them get closer to contending than the Knicks did. Right, and then you heard him. So who's who you got in the East, who you got in the West? It's like, yeah, still the Celtics, it's Celtics and the Nuggets. Celtics and the Nuggets, right? <laughs> I mean, the Nuggets aren't even in first place in the West. You've got three teams yeah, ahead of care. them in the standings. Like, what, are the Nuggets fourth right now? They don't care. They don't care. It's like... It's like a cat in a ball of yarn right now. They, they, they're bored. The Clippers are like, that's our move. And the Nuggets are like, yeah, you got to win something before you can uh, do this kind of thing we're doing. It is crazy. Now with Joel Embiid out, and he's going to be out four weeks, he's definitely not going to get to that 65-game threshold. No. Is it a Shea Gilgis-Alexander uh, MVP? Is it Nikola Jokic? I mean, what do you, what do, you do now? Because the best player in the league is – Probably Joel Embiid still, arguably, obviously with Nikola Jokic. But that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know what the MVP race starts to look like now. That 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 part to me is fascinating because you have a lot of really good players. I, why right are now, we but, not talking about Jason Tatum? But I, 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 I think know. Jokic is probably still there. But Shea is in the mix. If you're looking at a like a top three right now, with now that Embiid is out. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go Jokic, Tatum, and SGA. Okay. How about that? That's your top three? That's my top three It's not, three that, it's right not like your Heisman vote. You don't have to just do three. Well, and I want to give myself some like leeway. A, I'm not going to I'm not gonna crown anybody today. Do like the do what the do what that, that one Heisman voter did. Because it's anybody across the collegiate level. So why don't you do what that – How about I How about I give a vote for Simone Fontecchio so no, I, can, no. I can try to ease things a little bit, <laughs> ease, e- ease tensions with right. our friends in Italy. Yeah, that's a, yes, let's, that's let's, exactly right. Let's do oh, that. Was, oh, you can't get mad at us. He was our MVP. He was who we voted as MVP. What is, what's your problem? Yeah, I'm going to go Jokic, SGA, and Simone Fontecchio just so all the Italians will get off our back. Just throw in a couple G leaders. I don't want to like get thrown in the Great Salt Lake. No, 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 no. With your dead grandmother. Jeez. Holy cow. All right. We'll take the break here. We will come back uh, when we do. We got some stuff to jump in on when it comes to the NFL. Of course, the Super Bowl is checks the calendar. We've got today and tomorrow to talk about it. And then Sunday, we got the big game. So there you go. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. Our NFL Blitz. 
on top of all of it, we just have so many things to get to. Jake Scott's going to join us at 5. We're going to have a full jazz hour, basically, walking up to the Jazz-Phoenix game tonight. So stay with us right here, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, the, 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 the biggest name. You're locked into JJ and Alex. <laughs> With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 The Kiss. So Sports Zone, happy trade deadline day. Uh, I'm with JJ, although I would much rather have the day after the Super Bowl off, have that be a national holiday. We've talked about that, right? We can't have enough holidays. So let's well, start creating more. Well, and look. they should all be around sports now because that's all that matters. Okay, look. Add an 18th game or start the NBA or the NFL season maybe a week later. Because a good chunk of America already has President's Day off, right? That's a Monday. That's the Monday after this one. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So if we just pushed it one week, we wouldn't have to invent a new federal holiday, although I'm okay with that. Right? Let's all – and I think it was – maybe it was Dan Patrick who suggested He's like, why don't we play the game on Saturday? Play the game on Saturday. We've had two weeks off. Play the game Saturday night. You get Sunday, Monday to recover. Nice little three-day weekend. Now, Sunday is, and you know this, JJ, well, you tell me. Sunday is is uh, football on TV on a Sunday is where it's at. A Saturday football game won't get as many eyeballs. You'll just it have, will not. You'll just have way too many things going on. People go to the movies on Saturday night. They go to dinner on Saturday night. America has Sunday off, typically. The, the, exactly. People are at home on Sunday nights which is why the NFL had football games on Sunday in the first place. Right. So, yeah, and we're not, let's not reinvent the wheel here. Uh, There's but, no need for that. But Monday off Tradition nice. matters, and, and viewing habits are what they are. Super Bowl Sunday needs to stay on Sunday. Yeah. Super Bowl Saturday doesn't have the same ring to it. No, but I do think that doing – look, all we need to do is push the, the NFL season. We've got college football that we can be watching those first two weeks of the season. Because NFL usually takes over, what, the second week of, of college football? It's the week after Labor Day. Right. And so you push it one more week. We've got college football to kind of just keep our attention a little bit. And then we push everything back a week. We'd already get President's Day off. Every President's Day would be the day after the Super Bowl. That's what I'm all about. All right. Just think about it. Don't give me that look. Look, those are great ideas. I've got great ideas. Let's do Super Bowl Monday off and <laughs> President's Day off. And President's Day. Because it's February. Yes. Why not? Yeah. Get the official debit cards of the Utah Jazz uh, and the University of Utah Sports, Real Salt Lake, and more exclusively at America First Credit Union. That's America First Credit Union and their official debit cards of the Jazz, the Utes, and Real Salt Lake. Uh, all right, so our NFL blitz. we got to get to some of these uh, – we have to get to some of these NFL storylines because, frankly, next hour we're going to be rolling out tons of jazz. We don't want to skip anything that that uh, happens in the NFL, uh, especially walking up to the Super Bowl. This one was posed. This question was posed. Let me ask you what you think. What are the jazz going to get in exchange for Zach Wilson? What's he worth? Save me the jokes. I just want to know what – because I can make those up in my head. 
What is Zach Wilson actually worth to this Jets team? It's crazy that uh, how valuable picks are. I mean, you could probably get him for a fifth or a sixth round pick at this point. Crazy, right? That's yeah. how the NFL works. Yeah. And it sounds like a slight to Zach. It isn't. That's, no. just, that's just how it fifth is. Fifth or sixth round in the NFL is like a mid-second round in the NBA, right? Is that yeah, about comparable? A mid-day I mean, like, three pick? I mean, so look, let's, let's look at the situation. So Justin Fields... With the Bears, they're probably going to take Caleb Williams, which... Boy, how weird has that gotten? <laughs> I know, right? Which means that Justin Fields is probably available via trade. How much would it take to get Justin Fields? And would you rather have Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? I've heard people say you could get, you could get Justin Fields for a third-round pick. He's a starting quarterback in the league. Yeah. You could get him for a third? Yeah. Wasn't a very good one, though. People do not want to give up their first or second-round picks. They're just too valuable. Agreed. Well... The bottom line is, is Zach Wilson's going to be on a new team. I think that's probably a welcomed situation for both sides. That's what I said. There was some anonymous GMs that gave these quotes to ESPN that are a lot more harsh than I was. About Zach Wilson? About, about, about him not being Zach worth much? Wilson. Okay. Uh, here's one personnel executive said, quote, perhaps the team out there felt stronger about him pre-draft, and that could influence how they value him. Goes on to say, otherwise, maybe they could ask for something on day three, a mid-day three, meaning a pick in the fifth, sixth round range. The scouts said the Jets could get a seventh round pick if they're lucky. <laughs> One of the assistant coaches said, I'd give up a two-week stay to Best Western. I'm wow. not a fan. Wow. But you you're right. scorched earth there. Look, here's the thing, too. Here's what you have with, but you know this, too. Here's what you have with GMs in the NFL. You have guys that go... Uh, we evaluated him like this, and so we're we weren't the our evaluations weren't the problem. You guys are the Jets as an organization. You yes. guys suck, and so a lot of the GMs will go hold my Red Bull. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make this work because I'm a really good GM. Yes, they'll go. I can make something out of this kid. There are a lot of guys. The egos will get in the way, and they'll make decisions for good or bad based off of. Oh, I could probably make something out of this kid. I, I do think that he's being added to a team to be a backup, absolutely. There's a lot of success stories of players who didn't initially have success at the quarterback position in the NFL, and they land on the right team, right organization, okay. and they flourish. Just recently, Baker Mayfield, Baker the Mayfield is the number one name now that people are like, that guy turned it around. And, dude, who was walking around Pro Bowl – uh, activities and festivities over the weekend and was a freaking rock star. It was it was Baker Mayfield. Baker is back. He lo everybody loves that dude. So you got to get a shot. And by the way, are the Bucks his third team? Third team, right? Wait, he, was with, he was with two teams last fourth? year. Fourth? Oh, fourth yeah. team? So he was obviously he would Oh, it was the Panthers was, and the Rams. He was picked with the Browns and then last yes. year he was with the Panthers and the Rams. And he wasn't supposed to be the starter either either one of those teams. No, no, he wasn't. He and got, a lot of people thought he was going to be out of the league. Ooh. So he goes to the Bucks, and they're like, that's all we can kind of afford Let him right to now. the playoffs. <laughs> I know. He's back. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, it's, uh, he's back. How about Steve Young? <laughs> how many people know Steve Young played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Creamsicles, man. That's when he, they were It was the a nightmare there. And then he gets out of purgatory, goes to the 49ers, sits for a while behind one of the all-time greats, and then he becomes one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Organization, coaching, opportunity, all lined up for him. Get Zach Wilson somewhere where he can thrive. We'll see. I don't know. I was listening to an interview with uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and you forget how 
much of a bad situation that those two dudes inherited. Yeah. They inherited such a bad, uh, just an absolute mess. And it was a mess because they were not very good as a team. They were losing a lot. Uh, they had the political situation with, uh, with Colin Kaepernick. And who saved them? Jimmy freaking Garoppolo, who was, by the way, kind of just that career type of backup. He was Tom Brady's backup. Do you remember he won like four games at the end of that first season that he came in for, who was it, C.J. Beathard or whoever he and replaced? And he made millions because of it. And he, it was the richest contract in NFL history at that point. Five years, 125. Now it's a joke. Five years, 125. Now it's like, psh, give me 250. Anyway, it's just it's crazy the turnarounds that can happen. Uh, you said that this was more of a move for Chip Kelly to negotiate with uh, UCLA to get an extension. Chip Kelly apparently interviewed for the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator job. So you're telling me it would be, it would be a, oh, it'd be like a reunion of. So who does it, who do they have up there right now? You've got the youngest coach in the the, the youngest coach in the league at the, at the head coach position, right? You've got. <laughs> Uh, brand new staff, basically on both sides. Chip Kelly actually would not be a bad hire, I don't think, for for the Seahawks. I wouldn't hate it. If there's o- the only thing he's good at is the offense. That's it, right? So go in and kind of know your role and be that guy. I think what he's trying to do, Mike McDonald, the new head coach of the Seahawks. I'm not sure about his other coordinator hirings if he's made any yet. He's only only had the job for less than a week now. But uh, I, I, Chip Kelly, I think. Why does he keep coming up with all these NFL jobs? It's not because he, I don't think he wants to go back to the NFL. I think he's better fit in college. I think he's trying to get off the hot seat at UCLA. He's trying to force them to, to give him an extension. Because he's on the hot seat at UCLA. He, under, and he you know underperformed what? this year for sure. They did underperform. And now he's going into the Big Ten. They're going to get shellacked. They're, it's going to be – they might be the new Rutgers. <laughs> they might They're lose the Rutgers. to Rutgers. The I don't Rutgers even know of, if it's on their oh, schedule. Yeah. But, the Rutgers I mean, of the West, bro. You think USC and Washington and Oregon will do fine. I'm just not sure mm. UCLA is going to be able to thrive there. And if you're uh, UCLA and you're trying to make a splash and you're in this Big Ten and you're the you're the worst of the four Pac-12 teams that join the league, <laughs> you're probably going to make a coaching change. And so I think that uh, Chip Kelly is trying to get some job security uh, at UCLA. I'm not sure how serious he is about getting back into the NFL, but I could be wrong. Okay. Let's take another break here. We've got we've so many so many storylines for tomorrow, too. Oh, we'll uh, hit the Super Bowl hard tomorrow. Super Bowl is going to be big time tomorrow. So on the NBA trade deadline day, obviously a lot of this stuff gets kind of uh, put to the back burner. But, uh, yeah. Oh, don't want to miss this one, though. Brian Johnson, yes. former Utah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, great. And also uh, just got let go from that offensive coordinator position for the Philadelphia Eagles. He, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He just found a spot on the coaching staff down there at uh, at Washington with the Commanders. He will not be the offense coordinator, no. but according to this report from Pro Football Talk, he will have a prominent offensive role on the Washington Commanders staff. So, can you not say quarterbacks coach because he's not quarterback coach? He has not been. He has not been named the quarterback. Now coach. it's a sexy thing now in college to say he's the run game coordinator, the passing game coordinator. Yeah, stay tuned on that. We'll right. find his role soon, I'm sure. Okay, All but right. he will be with the Commanders. Great news for Brian Johnson, who interviewed for head coaching jobs this year, and that looked to be his trajectory. But obviously, things got weird in Philly. Sirianni had to save his own butt, man. Yeah, I, what a mess. So weird. 
Okay. We'll take a break. We've got tons more to go on the program today. We'll come back right here, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Stay with us. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Countdown's on, guys. Hans and Scotty are going to be on Monday helping you through your Valentine's Day at Jimmy Flowers. Jimmy Flowers, 2840 Hillfield Road in Layton. When it comes to Valentine's Day, you got to think flowers, of course. And when you think flowers, you think Jimmy's flowers. Uh, you know what's funny is that I, I always love in my neighborhood the Jimmy's Flowers trucks because I live up that way. And they have locations in, in Bountiful and, and Layton for sure. And, like, when you see the truck pull onto the uh, pull onto the street and make like multiple stops, you're like, the advertising's working. Yeah. Not only that, guys are desperate to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Are you? Is that you? Are you stuck in that every year? Or are you? Uh, does your wife have high high expectations for you on Valentine's Day? She has no expectations of me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's. You made After it sound years like of you being made it disappointed. Sound- <laughs> she's just kind of. You made it sound like. It was a mix between She's her just come being to accept very... the fact that I suck. <laughs> uh, you can make up for it, buddy. We've made Valentine's Day a family day. Okay. Takes the pressure off. Uh, my wife is 100% candy. Like, not the chocolates really? in the heart box. It's just like, give me the full-on every gummy you can find. Gummies? This... Yes. Okay. But that's like on a like, normal day. Not gummy gummies. Not, not the... Uh... Not adult gummies. <laughs> Excuse you. What kind of gummies what are, are we you talking about? Look, I know this. I know that the uh, Super Bowl is in Vegas. You don't have to talk like Vegas, bro. Come on. I'm just trying gummy. to be clear. I'm, I'm trying gummy? to help you. I don't <laughs> the, want you going on radio. The gummy gummies. Tell, like, telling everybody geez. in Utah, Western Wyoming, Southern wow. Idaho, wow. and Eastern Nevada that, that my wife wife's into gummies, gummies for Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay, it's 2024, How Alex. Dare you? We have to differentiate. And no. make clear no, no, no. what kind of gummies trolley. your wife is. Okay, trolley. thank you. Thank you. Everybody like, knows what trolley gummies Haribo. are. Haribo. Haribo. Right? Peach rings. Yes. Okay. All of those. Okay. Any of the Maverick brands. Good. Just want everyone out there to know. Alex's wife isn't into those kind of gummies. <laughs> I got some CBD gummies over the holiday. You're like, geez. Settle down, dude. Relax. So everybody's got that person who's preaching about the uh, the adult gummies. Get out of here. All right. Uh, I don't even know what that's what you call it. Do you call them adult gummies? Adult gummies. I don't it know what I'm doing like, here. It makes it sound like it's a scrambled channel when you were 13 yeah, years it may, old. It makes it sound like something you should not be able to, to the purchase in Utah. adult gummies. You must be 21 or older to purchase. <laughs> uh, all right. Next hour, we got a full jazz hour that we're going to be rolling yes. out of Jake Scott giving us his thoughts on the trade deadline and also, of course, getting you ready for this jazz Phoenix game tonight. It's always interesting to see how the team reacts uh, to those trade deadlines. And, of course, the Jazz are going to be shorthanded because of the moves that they had made. And, you know, you ship guys off. That's the nature of all of it. That's the nature of what happens. Um, but I do I do wonder, 
I do wonder, like, out of all the things that had happened, you know, on days like this, you know, these guys, like, it was pretty well known how Kelly Olenek was at shoot-around in the gym, and the GM of the Pistons was like, hey, can you come talk to me for a minute? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, awesome. He thought he was t- he was going to talk strategy. You're going to Utah today. That's how quick it was. And this is a guy who's been on a lot of teams. So, But I don't think it gets any easier, especially when you are making some strides. And uh, I know he's Canadian, so going to Toronto might have its uh, benefits. But at the same time, it's kind of uh, it's a tough one. Uh, I did want to bring up some numbers money-wise for you. Okay. We've been very interested in what these college football, what the big conferences are bringing in money-wise. Now, here's the thing. Full disclosure, these guys, they have to disclose what the money kind of distribution is at the end of everything, but it's about a year late. So right now we're hearing about the numbers from last season in the SEC and the Big 12, or in the Big 10. The Big 10 is not going to – you're not going to see those numbers for another week or two. But the SEC, according to records, has distributed a record number of $741 million to its 14-member universities, which equates to just over $52 million per school. Uh, That is after a full year of $893 million in revenue – the actual number that they are going to distribute to the schools comes from that $745 million pot. But that's going way up. They're trying to aim for $1.1 billion in the year to come. We won't know next we won't know the year that just finished. We won't know that number till this time next year. And so in two years we'll kind of be, but they're like, we are well on pace for that $1.2, $1.3 billion we want to be at in two seasons. That's almost doubling what their revenue is right now, but with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. And by the way, JJ, after all this, the Big Ten is expected to be significantly more than even the SEC with this number this year. How much of that goes to the players? <clears throat> Let me see. Carry the one, zero. Next time you get huffy and puffy and critical of players getting money for NIL and all these other things and and players getting trucks. $893 million. A player gets a lease for a truck. They don't actually get the truck. They're getting a lease for the truck while they're attending the school. Okay? They don't own the truck. They get a lease for it. They're six-month leases, by the way. Yes. Not, not so long people ones. know. Like, the, the whole truck thing at Utah, they're not giving the trucks. Sure. And then they can sell them back when they're done with them. It's a lease. Yep. Next time you criticize these athletes for NIL and, and guys getting paid, whatever— Remind yourself how much money the schools are bringing in, how much the conferences are paying out oh, to yeah. these schools. This is Where just... does that money go? Does it go to the players that actually are on the field making it happen, which is why we watch? We're not watching for any other reason, <laughs> right? What do you okay. mean for 100 years, Christian? What does that mean for 100 years? It's been this way Oh, you're saying for it's tradition. Years. No, no, no. Well, the schools have been making money on the players' backs I know. for 100 years. And the players have, so the, yeah, the tradition. players have not been able to get anything but it's since this started. <laughs> okay, stop it. Okay, those of you who are criticizing the players for getting anything, stop it. These schools, these administrators, who knows where this money's going? Well, it's not going to the players. And that's the whole reason why the money exists right. in the first this, place. Uh, this is not ticket sales. Like, that, okay, by the way, each one of these schools. You can add another twenty-five to thirty million dollars in some cases of the big ones, of revenue that they're adding on top. Right. Of it. When we saw Texas Athletics 
by itself pulled in $280 million as an athletic department last year. So You see some athletic director or some athletic administrator wearing a $20,000 suit with a bolo. <laughs> with a bolo. You know what I mean? Are you talking about, are you talking about old money? You talking about some of that southern old money? Well, I don't think it's old money. I think it's I think it's Hey, CFP money. Listen. Listen. The amount of money that these that are that's being distributed to these schools is nothing. Compared to what the TV side of things, it's worth it to these TV partners by a factor of they're like this is amazing for us. Of course it is. And the deal is just made by ESPN, Fox and uh and Warner Brothers. It's only going to make it even better, even bigger. It's going to make it even more accessible. The amount of money they're going to be able to uh, make off of this themselves and then distribute to the schools that they have as part of their partnerships is going to be huge. Over the and they're years. making it off the players. So don't get huffy and puffy about these players making money. Stop it. They deserve this. They deserve as much as they can get. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Jake Scott. Pre-half and post-game host, of course, on the Jazz Radio Network. Going to talk to us about the trade deadlines and uh, thoughts on what the Jazz did move-wise for today uh, and what tonight's game looks like versus the Phoenix Suns. Yes, the Jazz are playing the Suns tonight. They've been down in Phoenix for the last couple days, and uh, they had to ship off a couple of their teammates today. So we'll talk to Jake Scott about that of Jake and Ben fame every day, 10 to noon right here on the KSL Sports Zone. We'll come back. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You know what's coming. Daily deep dive into everything Utah Jazz. It's time! All season long and even in the offseason, it's Jazz Daily with JJ and Alex on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! Welcome on in. It is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You know what that music means. It's our Jazz Daily, although today it's been lots of Jazz Daily. With the trade deadline, of course, that passed at 1 p.m. here Mountain Time. Some deals made, of course, here in the state of Utah. Some uh, outgoing and incoming assets. And uh, that's what we do, JJ. We refer to people and, uh, and draft picks as assets now. Cold, cold business, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of the deal. Part of the deal. Uh... By the way, our program is always brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients and no preservatives make the G2G Bar a perfect protein bar. Costco, Holiday Oil, Maverick, Associated Foods, all in the refrigerated section. And Trajan Wealth, T-R-A-J-A-N, wealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com for your retirement. Let's kick off the hour here with the host of the pre-half and post-game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network. He is Jake Scott, also 10 to noon on uh, Jake and Ben, of course, right here on these very airwaves. So let's get to the cut and jump in right here. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Jake Scott, Jake, you've seen lots of trade uh, deadlines come and go. Where does this one rank on the uh, on the excitement rating sheet for you? Oh man, locally, oh, we'd have to go back and and think. Clarkson was. Before the deadline, right? Hornacek was before my. That was at the deadline, but that was before my right. time. Um, God, it seems like we've had some close ones, right? I mean, you guys can help me on this. Like, uh, there was the year the Mike Conley trade almost happened, but remember that 
that didn't come to fruition. Yeah, and until, Ricky Rubio was upset until the off season. Yeah, right. I mean, we've we've seen a lot of like we've seen a lot we've seen a lot of deadlines like today, where um, you know, like the Joe Ingles deadline uh, trade deadline move comes to mind uh, just a couple of years ago, where you know you you have to do the you have to do what's best for for the franchise at the moment and that's that's what the best front offices do and the best ones know when to pull pull triggers and and when to make tough decisions so um you know i i love the trade deadline i the uh, i love the nba off season i love the the chess match the game behind the game all of it really fascinates me about sports and and fascinates me about the uh about the nba and the jazz have never really been the most aggressive trade deadline uh, team. And I, I don't know that being aggressive at the trade deadline has ever really been, I mean, it's, it's worked certainly, but I don't know if it's ever really been the, the, the solution to what usually ails most franchises. Right. I think the trade deadline might be one of the most overrated things in sports to be quite honest. Oh, how dare you? Although my favorite jazz trade deadline moment was when, uh, Ennis Cantor was traded at the deadline, and our cameras. Oh, we went down yeah. to the we went down to the practice facility back when we could still do that. They don't let us do it anymore. Yeah. And uh, our cameras caught Ennis walking off the court, and he waved bye to us. Oh my! It was goodness. unbelievable. Yeah. And of course, he became the heel turn and the, sure. all the stuff. It was fun, anyway. Uh, but Jake, the trade deadline deals can matter and do matter, and I think the Jazz what they did today does matter. I was trying to convince Alex today that while what the Jazz did today was boring. I thought it was important because they got back into the draft this year when they were probably going to end up conveying that first-round pick to the Thunder. What did you think about what the Jazz did today? Um, I think I think the Jazz did the right moves, and yes. I think that's what's important to, to keep in mind for these reasons. I'm, I, I was thinking about this comparison today, and this just shows you where I am in life. Uh, but there's an, there's an episode of Bluey called keepy uppy mm-hmm. and uh, it's about keeping the balloon in the air very simple you know every kid plays the game right you know don't let it hit the ground and it's you know that we, i heard you guys talking about assets and that's what we're calling them now and assets and players and things like that but the, the idea is to is to keep assets going and moving for as long and to as high a level as possible but certainly not ever letting it come to a dead end right yeah Right. Never letting it, never letting it hit the ground. And sometimes it goes up and sometimes it, it, it goes down. But uh, I'll give you an example of, of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, the Jazz did a trade for Tom Dugugliata years ago. And forgive me for not remembering the details right off the top of my head. But I think he was coming from Minnesota or Phoenix. Anyway, the Jazz, it, it might have been Phoenix. The Jazz ate his salary. And uh, they got a first-round draft pick for the for the pleasure. It was highly protected, but it was the Knicks' first-round draft pick, and the Knicks were terrible. And so that that draft pick kept getting bumped down for years. Jeremiah and Alex, you too. I know you guys remember this. Oh yeah. I mean the the Knicks pick. The next pick. Yep. It was the most valuable commodity in the league at one point. <laughs> somebody said, and it turned into Gordon Hayward at number nine. Right. And okay, all right, there you go. And he, he's a guy, and he makes an all-star. And okay, but you know what happened? Hard end, left, asset dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gone, 
Yes. Nothing, nothing for the trouble. All those, all those years, we're probably talking, you know, that asset boiled for what fifteen years. And yeah, then 2004 started. is when the trade was made. Drafted in 2011, left in 2017. So yeah, that was crazy too because it was a that particular trade. Tom Gugliotta, a first round pick. A second round pick. Was it Ben Hanlogan in that trade? Hanlogan was in there with Keon yeah. Clark. Those are the right. two names for the uh, right. that, that the uh, that the Suns got. So in the end, there are like because I think we do. We look at at 2029, right? And we'll look at him go. Yeah, what does that mean for right now? I mean, Lock Lock comes on our show and goes, they're playing for. Hey, this is what they're doing. They're playing for 27 to 28, and you're like, yeah, but that's hard. That's hard on a day like today to kind of go. Oh yeah, what does it really mean? And we were looking at, I mean, last year at this time, this very day last year, the Jazz made well, how many people left? It was Connolly, it was Vanderbilt, it was Malik yeah. Beasley, yeah. all out the door. And, and kind of a, it wasn't a shock that they would leave, but it was such a long list of guys. And it radically changed the roster and their yes. competitiveness went way down. Yeah. And so I don't see that necessarily happening. But what's the immediate kind of short term with Simone Fontecchio being off of the off of the roster and Kelly Olenek, obviously two guys who are a massive piece of the rotation and even uh, Ochai was getting minutes because they needed that kind of, they need some, they needed some guards coming in and playing. So what are they going to do short term? Will Hardy, especially has got to figure this thing out. Uh, well, listen, here's what's interesting about what happened today is, is short term there, you know, nobody's going to argue they're a better team today than they were yesterday. All due respect to, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, but like, but they didn't trade any of their their key pieces. They didn't do the fire sale thing. They're not a fundamentally different team. And as wacky as the NBA, I mean, guys, as crazy as the last month of the season alone is in the NBA with teams trying to lose, and who knows who's playing and resting, and how how crazy that that madness gets. If the Jazz play their guys. They're still a good enough team to make the play-in if they if that's what they want to do. If they want to convey the pick to Oklahoma City and go ahead and try and win, I think the ceiling is about where it was before. Honestly, I don't think that fundamentally I don't think that fundamentally changed today. But if they want to make the pick, um, you know, they could they could start losing games on purpose if they really wanted to. I for the sake of my job. I I hope they I hope they make a push for it. Why not? Why not? Why not add some spice to the to the season and and see maybe what some of the younger players can do in a competitive you know a competitive environment. No question. Hey, look, this is not a great draft. You're not tanking for this draft. So go and try to get in the play and try to do something that that's gonna go win games. Try to make the play and try to get in the playoff. Get that eight seed. Whatever it is. There's no reason for the Jazz not to do that. But as you I, may, you, I agree. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jerry. I, I was just going to say, I was just going to add, and it gives them flexibility, too, yeah. because the way the rules are set up, you you don't have to keep planning on that pick. You can just move on and trade other picks that now become available to trade. That's all. 100%. Uh, you mentioned young guys getting a chance, and I, I want to ask you who benefit on the current roster, now that these moves have been made, who benefits the most from these changes? Oh, Hendricks by by a mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's gonna play more. Eh, good. Um, I don't. I, I I would encourage fans to temper their expectations a little bit. I mean, young, young and learning. But physically, you know, I bet I'm gonna miss those chase down blocks from Ochai and those 
uber athletic defensive plays like those were those turned out to me anyway to be the best part of his game but Hendricks might have a bunch of those so that could be nice but is probably going to make probably going to make some mistakes and and not play you know winning basketball for a minute but you know it's probably a good thing to to um, see what he's got you mentioned Ochai, and I, I didn't get it. We haven't asked you about that. It's I, th- I was surprised that he was put in a trade today, um, but then I wasn't really surprised because he wasn't getting as many minutes as he was. Uh, it's kind of interesting that the Jazz decided to pass on him and move him move him in a trade like this, meaning they he wasn't in their long term plans. Were you surprised by that? Um, I mean, yes and no. Um, I think. I didn't think anybody on the roster was really untradeable given given the right price. And if Ochai were a player that were taking the next step, yeah, I think his role would have been a bigger one. So maybe that that speaks to the opinion of, of the Jazz internally. I certainly wouldn't want to speak for them, but I, I certainly would get what why somebody would read into it that way. But he also still had value. You know, he's young and he's athletic and he, he's he does those things, and there's there's a reason that that he's an NBA player. And young players, uh, oftentimes, and you can you can see why franchises do this. They think, well, if we see it. Let's get him under our umbrella with our coaches, with with our thing, and and we're going to turn this guy into a guy, you know. And it it happens sometimes, and and sometimes it doesn't. But uh, Ochai had value because he's a good player, and you. You know, you don't get moved at the deadline unless unless you don't. You got to have some value to help a team or fit into the long term uh, uh, framework of the team, which usually means young players. You know, Simone, interestingly enough, who's not all that young. The the, the only reason that the Pistons would even make that deal is that they like him. Uh, they like him so much they're gonna they're gonna sign him long term. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to make the trade for him unless they say, "Wow, that dude's a guy," you know. So good for good for uh, Simone, but you know, you usually got if you get moved to the deadline, you got to help a team win now, or it's got to be a big name that moves and then a zillion players move. You know what I mean? Do you remember there was a there was a year when Don Nelson was the GM of the Mavericks, and he uh, is, I think, Mark Cuban just bought the team, and he and the, wow, was it the Nets just, like, swapped rosters? It was, like, it was the craziest deal ever where they just were like, okay, let's trade teams, <laughs> and let's see if this goes any better for, for either one of us. Yeah. And it did. They just, they both became NBA champions right after that. I mean, that was the whole point. <laughs> of course. Uh, Jake, let's talk about some of these teams who, just from around the league, so many jazz former jazz men's names were attached to some of these trades. Uh, the yeah, Knicks, that was crazy. the Knicks. I think uh, we we chatted about this with uh, uh, with uh, Steve Ashburner, who said, "Look, the Knicks won the day." And again, if you're going to get moved to the deadline, Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, like they want you to do some stuff right now. That's a team that is getting getting better in the East and probably got better today. So, how did everybody else do in the in the drafts around the league? Um. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, we love Bogdanovich, right? Um, uh, I think he makes them better. Uh, I think uh, I, I think that they really needed to get better. Um, 
Oklahoma City, I mean, that's an interesting one. Do you, like, if Gordon Hayward has something left in the tank, um, he he should make them better. You, you know, the my, the first thought I had on, on the Knicks is, is okay, Bogdanovich is going to go. That's going to help them with their depth. But is he going to be one of their key guys, or is he just going to be a depth guy? And it's like, because with Tom Thibodeau, the difference is stark. Like, if he's just going to be a depth guy, he's never going to play. So why would you make the deal? Like, like Alec Burks is never going to see the floor again <laughs> because Thibodeau just plays his, his five guys the whole game. So I thought, like, okay, Bogdanovich makes them better, but how much is he going to play? Because role guys never play under under Tom Thibodeau. So I don't know. That's funny. But, yeah, it, it was crazy, the amount of, of former Jazz players that, that were moving around. How about – uh? How about Royce going to Phoenix? I know, and uh, he <laughs> continues to he continues to have value. Is turned into a uh, you know a wily vet that teams uh, teams want to add. You know, Royce was never the most gifted athlete, but what he had was a lot of heart and a willingness to go guard and do the things no one else wanted to do. And like I love that Kawhi Leonard's motto in college was "Board man gets paid." It's true. If you want to go grind it out, you know, maybe you're not a max guy in the NBA, but you're going to have value. And, and who would have thought Royce would, would battle his way up the jazz system? And, and in his case, you know, I think it's kind of an honor for him to get traded to the Suns. The Suns are trying to get – they've got to get better now. They're not adding Royce unless they think that he can fill a role for them. And uh, I, I've, I've got no love for the Suns, certainly, but I kind of hope he succeeds. I was, I was like that about Royce. Few NBA players want to go like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll go, I'll go put it on the line. Sure, I'm a, I'm a six-five guy, six-six guy. I'll go guard Giannis. Yeah, why not? Let's go have a day. You know, I love that. I love Royce. Always, <laughs> always, always pulling for him and cheering for him. He's a great dude. Uh, I think the biggest story of the deadline. Jake, might be the deals that weren't made, uh, the big names that did not move, and the big teams that didn't make any moves. A lot of contenders just stayed pat. Well, what stood out to you, Jeremiah? Where was the where where was the big one we wanted? Atlanta? DeJounte LA? Murray I mean, didn't move. Yeah. The Lakers didn't do anything. They're ninth, and no. they, they made no moves. Uh, the Clippers the and Lakers Nuggets and Timberwolves the, didn't do anything. The Lakers don't have much value. I, you know what? I, I was thinking about this, Jeremiah. That's kind of where I, I, I wanted to ask you where you wanted to start because from like a, like a buyer standpoint, you know, teams that want to compete, I think this might be the byproduct of things being so wide open. Yeah. Like how many teams can talk themselves into like, well, we got a shot now, you know? We don't need to, you know, uh, spend all of our depth and and all of our assets or whatever the case may be. Like if you're Minnesota, I I don't know if I'd pick them at the moment to win the title, but they got as they got as good a shot as anybody. I mean, I guess you know you'd give a, maybe a slight nod to Denver, but I don't think they're as good this year as they were as they were last year. So I mean, Boston's been really really good, but they 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 haven't done it yet. You know, it's not like they're the the Warriors dynasty. So. Right. Like from a from a buyer standpoint, like I think there's a lot of franchises that can talk themselves into like, hey, I don't have to mortgage the future. The the that's why I say the Lakers are interesting because they're the ones that that can say like, we gotta we gotta spend everything we got. I mean yeah. LeBron's LeBron's forty seven. 
and and, and Anthony Davis is is actually playing. So we got to do something. That's why that's interesting. And in, in Atlanta, Kyle, I got I got no clue what Atlanta is doing ever. I have no idea why Quinn Snyder took that job. That seemed like easily the biggest red flag job. I mean, right down to it's funny. Like Ben Ben was the one who really alerted me to this like look look into the internal politics inside the atlanta like front office to like the owner and the owner's son and then multiple people hired to make decisions and now quinn snyder takes the job and he's making the decisions and it's like uh is he and so i i don't know with atlanta they're they're one of those franchises where don't ask me uh, so don't don't ask me to explain their behavior. Yeah. I I don't know. Other than maybe there just wasn't a ton out there for the the other reason I mentioned. Like teams are like, well, do we need to spend everything on Dejounte Murray? Because you know, we could we could possibly do it now. Yeah. All that talk about Jordan Clarkson and the Lakers and what they're going to do and the Knicks and all that. And so there you go. And ends up uh, just being all talk. Uh, Jake, if you want to entertain but, yourself but today, listen, that's why. Like no, sorry, real quick. That's, yeah. That's why you don't sell the. That we're going to lose games on purpose, and everyone must go. Yeah, and and you have to you have to mean that because yeah, why would you sell Clarkson for pennies on the dollar? Why would you do that? Would just just because there's some maybe it's kind of in your best interest to lose games. Maybe I mean I it's I'm I'm glad I'm glad Jordan's still on the team. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. I was just going to say just for as an aside for you and the coach, you and Tim to uh, entertain yourselves with today. Go to the Jazz Instagram page. And click on the comment section of the Thank You Simone uh, post that they put up. The country of Italy could not be more disappointed, not just in the jazz, but the entire state of Utah and anybody who has ever said anything nice about the state of Utah. It is the most well, hilarious thing. You have to hit the translate button quite often, but uh, it is, it's worth every click of the translations because the amount of times they insult your grandma, your uh, dead grandparents – Reference to Simone Fontecchio being traded. I mean, it is the Great Salt Lake. The Great Salt Lake. Go, go. St- they even throw in a blankety blank yourself, Utah. Michael Jordan will own you forever. Like they in full Italian. Like they are going all in on Simone. And uh, it was just a, a simple thank you post. They must. Know, they didn't get the business side of how this thing worked. Obviously today, but just as a fun thing, you and Tim go through it. It's pretty hilarious. Well, I don't know how to work the Insta Snap Talk. But, oh, you don't uh, need to. Have, you don't need. You don't need an account. You don't need an account or anything. <laughs> Just look at the Jazz okay. Instagram page, and there's a big old picture that says "Thank you, Simone." Click on it, and just start going through the listen, comment section. Listen, I don't. I don't know social media well, <laughs> no. but I, I just feel. I feel like Alex is trying to send me communist propaganda. No, no. Listen, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, PK. Listen, PK. Listen, PK. You can get on the computer. The computer's your friend. <laughs> you can work this. Let's oh, go. Oh man, I'm so joking. I'm so joking. I, I will check it out. You I'm have sure to do it. It's good. It's good. All right, All Jake right. Scott. Thirty minutes away from him and the coach uh, breaking down in the pre-half and post right there on the Jazz Radio Network. We appreciate it, Jake, for carving out some time here, man. You're the best. All right, boys. You're the best. There you go. Thanks, Jake. Jake Scott, everybody. It's not like they sent Simone to Cleveland. Like, calm down, Italy. <laughs> Jeez. I'm trying to think who you could have sent. I'm just trying to think where, you know, Italy doesn't have a ton of uh, of enemies, you know. 
And so I'm trying to think of like just the most egregious thing you could do. Trade Simone Fontecchio, insult their food. Apparently it's up there with insulting the food. Have you seen those memes of people, Americans, like going to Italy and like putting ice in their wine and yeah. like uh, cutting their spaghetti with scissors just to see the reaction of, <laughs> of like of genuine Italians? Like they'll go, a restaurant owner will go and take like the food away from them and be like, no, no, we don't do this. You don't mess with their wine and you don't mess with their pasta. No. And Simone Fontecchio, their basketball players. All right, we'll take a break. We will come back. Uh, we've got more jazz to talk about. We've got more to get you uh, all the way ready for this uh, jazz versus Phoenix game tonight. We didn't even get to ask Jake about the about this Phoenix game tonight, other than just saying it was going to be, you know, that Royce O'Neal, <laughs> who's not going to be playing obviously tonight. The, but I mean, come on. The trade deadline, obviously, the story today. But the good news is that he and Tim will actually break down the game tonight. After all this, leave that mess. to them. Leave that to them. Uh, so tune in at six for that. Yeah, boohoo! By the way, for uh, for. David Locke, who, of course, was uh, said it was going to be bad weather today in Phoenix. It did. It rained and 50 degrees. Awful. Awful day in Phoenix. All right. That's rough. We'll take the break here. We'll come back. We've got tons around the corner you don't want to miss. Uh, when I say tons, I mean just a couple segments left to get you ready for this uh, Jazz and Suns matchup tonight. Nice little uh, Western Conference matchup. Uh, we'll get it going here. Stay with us. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. All the latest news and notes from the league and the locals in the NFL. JJ and Alex bring you the NFL Blitz Ah! on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right. Uh, oh, we did the NFL Blitz uh, last hour, right? We sure did. We got to get you ready for some jazz basketball, brother. Let's blitz the NBA. Uh, so, first of all, it is that time of the week. We want to be able to honor all of the folks who are involved in youth sports in some way in your community. Okay? And so, every week we are... Part of our KSL Sports and Hercules Credit Union uh, combining powers to really highlight the people in your community that are amazing youth sports volunteers or workers of some sort who go the extra mile to make your kid feel special, your family, and their sports experience be amazing. Any youth sports person that you want to nominate, you go to KSL.com or KSLSports.com slash contest. KSLSports.com slash contest. This week's winner is Aaron Henninger. Uh, this is a special nomination by somebody who did exactly what we asked, which was to nominate these people who, by the way, don't think that anybody's going to ever kind of give them any sort of honor or anything like that. But that's what makes this so cool. And you can honor the person who is the Hercules Credit Union Hero of the Week yourself, Aaron Henniger, out of Corner Canyon. Aaron is the, a football coach for Corner Canyon Youth Tackle Football League in Draper. According to this uh, nomination here, he's the most caring football coach, spends hours preparing for the football season, doesn't stop once the season's over. Aaron connects with each kid with the goal of improving each player's skills as well as teaching life lessons. 
Uh, whether it's a coach on a team or a volunteer or referee, even a parent that coordinates rise to the players, we want you to submit your nomination today. Go to kslsports.com slash contest and nominate that person for the Hercules Credit Union Hero of the Week. Aaron Henniger, this week's winner, is going to get a $50 Visa gift card courtesy of the folks at Hercules Credit Union. Well-deserved. By the way, if you are coaching in the Corner Canyon Youth uh, Tackle Football League, you're developing future NFLers, man. So at least in recent years, right? <laughs> Certainly have. <laughs> yeah. So congrats to Aaron, and we appreciate the nomination as well. So keep them coming, kslsports.com slash contest, and we will get our Hercules Heroes of the Week uh, worked out every week. Every Thursday we'll, uh, we'll read off the winner. So there you go. Congrats to Aaron Henniger. All right, uh, let me see here. The – NBA has changed not a ton today, JJ, but it did, in fact, get a little bit of a facelift, and that's what the trade deadline does all the time. But you say, when you say the trade deadline has become the most boring day now, it's the most overrated day, obviously, free agency in the offseason becomes quite an interesting day. Not anymore. What ends up being the biggest day then for you? What ends up being just the, what ends up being just a huge day? Is it just... It, they're not that fun anymore because the big deals aren't being made. blockbuster trades come out of nowhere. You don't know when they're coming anymore. That's the drama. Damian Lillard got traded two days before camp started. Yeah. That was a blockbuster deal. Yes. Okay. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. When did that happen? September. How about a football season? Yeah. So, you know, these, these deals are the way that these NBA teams make big, massive changes. You're not going to see on, on July 1st anymore – like big, massive, earth-shattering free agent signing. It doesn't work that way anymore. Uh, these players sign the contracts, and then they want, they'll go where they want to go, and the trades happen. A player says, I want to be traded, and they make it work. Look at James Harden with the Philadelphia 76ers, ends up at the Clippers. It's turned out to be a great deal. We didn't see that coming. I think a lot of people thought it would be a bust like it was with the Nets and he was good with the Sixers, played a big role in their playoff push last year, but you know, obviously wasn't the player that he had been. No one expected it to go as well as it has with the Clippers. So the the uh, the day knowing like at the hour when all these massive things are going to be happening, you know, remember free agency with Gordon Hayward. Those those things resonate with you, but those days are kind of over because of the way that the game of basketball has changed with how personnel changes happen. You're going to see the big names get traded, not sign unrestricted free agent offers anymore. Uh, you're not going to see massive blockbuster trade deadline deals, but you're going to see small deals that do impact the league and impact the future of teams. Just look at what the Jazz did today. Uh, was there anything earth-shattering with what the Jazz did? No. No. You were you were underwhelmed, right? Oh, don't act like I'm the only one. Come on. Oh, I mean, people listening right now are like, I thought the Jazz would do more. I thought, right. You know? Yeah, they were supposed to trade Lowry Markkinen and Colin Sexton and THT <laughs> and Jordan and Clarkson. Clarkson. They're all going to be gone at the deadline. The entire team gone. What happened? Well, that's not how that <laughs> why works. La- why Lowry Markkinen? Why is that name I, I, there? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. But, hey, uh, by the way, I do think that I. I mean, teams did make moves and they got better. I don't think the Knicks. Uh, here's what's crazy: is that I know we praise the Knicks for a minute. The Knicks will figure out a way to screw it up. They'll figure out a way to. You still don't trust that the Knicks. This is like the Knicks have turned the page. I get it. People love Tom Thibodeau as a defensive mind, right? And just, uh, I mean, he's an old school coach. Yeah, Tibbs is an old school coach, and New York loves 
an old school coach, right? But I just don't think – I mean, I know adding bogey, great. Uh, Alec Burks, fine. Let's see Let's see what they end up doing with it. But in the end, I think that you're really going to actually see – I mean, it's still the Celtics in the East. It's still the uh, – I mean, the reality is that they could lose to Cleveland in that, in that uh, second round. The Cavaliers right? are red hot right now. Right. So – they didn't make, and, and the Cavaliers didn't do, didn't do a thing, right? Not one move. Yeah. So, and the Minnesota Timberwolves, not one move. They didn't do a thing. Now, Lakers, not one, not move. a thing. Now, the Timberwolves, do you think? Do you think that they're sitting in there going, "We're going to stand pat. We didn't see something crazy we wanted to do, and we're going to stand pat because we feel like we're contenders right now." That's the idea. Is hey, we got all these, we got we got these dudes, and we feel like we can do it right now. We can turn it around right now. They have one of the best records in the NBA. I think one of the things that impacted the trade deadline more than anything was something we touched on yesterday with Locke when we brought up the fact that there's 11 teams in the NBA that control 75% of tradable first-round picks. Teams can't make deals right now because they don't have the assets to make them happen because if a team wants to make a trade and they want to give up some good player to a contender, what do they want in return? They want a first-round pick. Right. I think there was only three first-round picks that were traded today, and the Jazz got one of them. And no, it's not going to be a top ten. It's going to be you know probably twenty between twenty-six and thirty. We'll find out at the end of the season. It's better than what their options were initially. They weren't going to have one, right? So the Jazz made moves today to get into the draft. They got a first round. They got a late first-round pick, and they got a second-round pick. Unless right. they hit the skids here and, and tank, which they're not going to do. Ooh. They're going to convey their first-round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder this I love, year. But you the know what? The rich get richer, right, with the Thunder. But you know what? By the way, I love that we use the word convey a pick. It makes me sound smart. Well, it's like Jake Jake and, and Ben, I heard the word convey about 100 times on their show today. Conveying <laughs> a pick, all right? You're talking about conveying a pick. I'm like, Just say they get a pick, all right? Okay. Convey a pick. What are we – what is this? Was our program a thesaurus? Get out of here. No, I'm just saying, look, this is in the end. Give me give me some drama. Give me this jazz team making some moves. I don't want to wait for 2028. Well, and how are you supposed to have to? Okay. Let me how- give some love to our colleague Ben Anderson. Oh, Ben's done a phenomenal job. He uh you can go to kslsports.com and read more about this topic, but today the the NBA trade deadline for the Jazz was about the draft. It wasn't about anything else. Mhm. It was about the draft and improving the draft assets, and that's exactly what they did today because after tra- today's trade deadline, the Utah Jazz owned 13 first-round picks, this according to Ben, between 2024 and 2029. Ten of those picks are fully unprotected. One is top four protected, and one is top five protected. They also own five first-round pick swaps. Thirteen first-round picks in the next six years. Yeah. That's a war chest. They have flexibility and they have things that are going to allow them to How do that years? thing when 2024 to 29. When's Danny going to be done, do you think? In his role currently, what's the rush to be done? He well, doesn't have to do the day-to-day on. grind that Justin Zanuck do you think does. He's really gonna, do you think he's really going to be like, oh, I still want to be doing draft day responsibilities in 2028. We still have all these unprotected so, picks we can get. Let me explain to you what Danny's able to do, and you'll understand why he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He gets to spend all the time he wants with his grandkids. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not going to stick he around here. He spends all here. the time he wants to golf. And he can't stop watching film. <laughs> That's what he does. So, so you can be the governor of basketball. You can be in the position you are at the Jazz. Out. 
<laughs> and still golf and still hang out with right. your grandkids, but still be an elite evaluator of talent and help build a team here with his good friend Ryan Smith. And he's got a good working relationship with Justin Zanuck, who he respects. Why would you want to leave? No, I'm not saying. Look, I think he wants to see this thing through. I, I think he wants to see the Jazz win a championship. Okay. All right. I think it would be if he did it with Boston. What would it say to his legacy to do it here in Utah? Let's take a break. We've got more. We're going to walk you right up to jazz coverage. Okay, so getting you ready for jazz and Suns tonight from Phoenix. Uh, no Kelly Olenek, no, no Ochai Abaji, no Simone Fontecchio. They're going to have to figure out. I'm interested to see not just what the starting lineup is, but also. Give Bryce Sensabaugh 30 minutes, Will. <laughs> hey, Will. Did they bring Did they bring all those guys? Did they bring in those guys on the road with them? Yeah, they're, they're there. Like, we got to bring to Bryce. Uh, Wait, we got, we got to call up these guys. Get them on a plane. Got a bunch of two-way dudes that are just like Let's put them just on see. that St. George <laughs> bus. The, the party bus? What's it called? Well, I don't uh, know what they are. Yeah, the Express, the Salt Lake Saint Express. St. Ge- George Express. There you go. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More to go around the quarter. Ninety-seven-five. The KSL Sports Zone. When TV and radio collide, love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5 BKSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. Reminder tomorrow. Hanson Scotty, you're going to be out at Minky Couture in Layton. Best blanket ever is the best Valentine's gift ever. Save 50% using the promo code right now. Zone 50 in stores and online at MinkyCouture.com. There you go. And you can join Hanson Scotty there. All right, uh, JJ, real quick. Jazz, Suns, any chance the Jazz win this game tonight? No chance. Oh, shorthanded. They're be down tonight, shorthanded. Suns win. Sorry. We'll see Sorry, him back Jazz at fans. home then. We'll see him back at home. For JJ and Alex, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody.